Hi there. You're listening to Cinema Cult, where we pick a weekly movie genre, review a movie with that specific theme, and then discuss where that genre is going, where it's been, and figure out what significance it ultimately plays in cinema's history. As expected, there will be spoilers, and F-bombs are dropped pretty frequently. Welcome back. This week we watched Lethal Weapon 3, and we're going to cover Mel Gibson movies. Has anybody seen Lethal Weapon 3 before? It's been a long time. It's been a long time. No, I've me. seen this movie like a lot. Yeah, clearly you've already watched it this year, and I didn't yeah, know I already wa- I bought the. I only buy four packs of movies on Blu-ray. Oh, okay, like which ones? Tremors, Lethal Weapons. Oh wow. Uh, Indian Jones. You name it. Yeah, you name it. I buy only four packs. Okay, what if a movie has five in it? I don't buy. I don't touch it. You buy the four pack, and then you buy the one that's missing. Yep. Okay. Yep. Cool. But uh, or you throw it away, and then you buy a new one. Yeah, I throw. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's what I end up doing. But, uh, no, I, I just watched this movie already this year. Okay. All right, well, let's go ahead and uh, dive right into the movie. It, uh, Man, you were not happy about watching this movie, were you? <laughs> not twice in a year. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and dive right in. Okay, the movie kind of starts off. We get, like, a like a fire opening. We get our Bond opening. Oh, that is kind of like oh, a Bond yeah. opening. Oh, yeah. Yes. Really... I don't know what song it is, though. I, I know either. Eric Clapton is all over the soundtrack, though. I do know that, yeah. Yeah. It's not a bad opening. No, it's, it's actually pretty cool. And, yeah, it's not bad. I, I kind of would have preferred if it just went straight into the movie. Because I know the fourth one does that, I think. It goes into the uh, Flamethrower Man. Yeah, and it cuts right into it, which I love that opening for that movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually a pretty cool opening. And I actually like that movie. A lot I don't. actually really, really don't like that movie. Really? <laughs> is, yeah. is it because there's too much humor? Yeah, and this is almost like... This is... Um, Kind of our glimpse into what we're gonna what get. What we're gonna the, get? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, actually, I'm gonna agree with you on this, Hanta. This is like, I don't hate *Lethal Weapon* three. I just feel that like the the path that it goes down. Every like, every action scene, there's at least like one joke they have to throw in. Yeah, and it's like office humor joke. It's and like we, cop joke, like we, cop humor. And like they make we, like really awkward jokes. Yeah, and we almost got an action sequence towards the end where it's like almost like pretty serious. And then they snuck in a fucking joke, but we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. I don't hate this movie. Yeah. I, I, I just... Well, okay. I, I will. I don't want to talk about it too much, but I will say I think there's more humor in this one because of the feedback for the second one. Oh, um, yeah. That was pretty, like... The second one's dark. They, second like, kill dark. off that, the like the babe in that movie. Yeah. 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 I Actually, the second one's my favorite. But it's it been a is, while since I've seen it, yeah. but I remember it being pretty badass. It's an awesome The first movie. one's, like, way well, more the, badass. The so. first one's awesome. Oh, yeah, first one's perfect. There's first something about the so second cool. one. I like it for some reason. Diplomatic so. immunity? Diplomatic yeah. immunity. <laughs> Get Bill and Ted. <laughs> it's the same guy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so this whole movie starts off with Riggs and Murtaugh, and they randomly show up at this whole bomb call. Yeah, yeah. why? Yeah, why are they there? Because they're detectives. They're, the detect- they're homicide detectives. Exactly. And they say yeah. it. They're like, hey, you're a homicide detective. There's no homicide. What are you doing here? And they're like, okay. And they just like walk right into the building. I feel like that was just a way to get Riggs to show his like how you know he has a death wish. Yeah, it's just like one of those situations. Like, oh, what's the most extreme situation we can yeah, throw him in? What's gonna happen? Yeah. Let's just go for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, for those who haven't watched the movies, um, I don't know why you're listening to this. Get out of here. Get out of here now. <laughs> um, Riggs is Mel Gibson and Murtaugh is Danny Glover. So Riggs and Murtaugh they they go into this building and they're just like, hey, let's go check out the bomb. Uh, we've already got the banner back and forth between Riggs and Murtaugh. Just to Getting right, too old for the shit. Yeah, right back into the characters. At this point, supposedly Murtaugh is retiring in like a week. Yeah, pretty much. So he's like, I don't want to put myself in any of these situations. So, But they go in anyway because he just follows them. And they go in and they see this huge bomb in the back of this car. 
There's, okay, the humor in this is some of it's really good. I said this thing is packed to the the teeth with explosives. Oh yeah, this whole backseat is nothing but explosives. Yeah, and no reason why. Yeah, it's just it's just there. It's just there. Yeah, they're yeah. just blowing up this empty building. <laughs> yeah, with a car full of explosives. <laughs> and Riggs goes to open up one of the car doors. And when he does it, he closes one ear, like if it's going to go off. Like, just, yeah. <laughs> just and then, he hurts his ear. His sense of ear. Well, then Danny Glover does it, too. He closes both of his ears, like, <laughs> in response to it. Yeah, they're basically just, like, Looney Tunes characters in this movie. It yeah. seems like it to me. Well, I really, I, I will say, I love their interaction together. Yeah, I think, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think they're perfect together. Yeah. And I think that's why these movies work. If you had two actors that didn't work together well, these movies would bomb. Yeah. But I think it completely clicks. And what happens next is they, they start going through the bomb, and they get freaked out because the cat jumps on the car. And then they have this whole banter back and forth about cutting the blue wire and the red wire. And they argue for a while. There's lots of humor already. And then Mel cuts the red wire, and he calms down, and he goes, okay, grab the cat. We got to get out of here. <laughs> I actually and, did kind of like this. But when they cuts to the, the timer... There's like legit two seconds left on the clock, but they somehow make it back to the <laughs> the front lobby and out the doors and it explodes. Well, that's what, okay, I like the humor, don't get me wrong, but like Mel cuts the wrong wire he's just and then super, like, he just kind of sits there. Yeah, he's like, he's like, grab the cat. And he's like, it's like totally chill, like, get the fuck out of there. Like, they're totally calm about this whole thing. And then when they're running out, Murtaugh is like holding a football because that's not a real cat. Oh, I didn't even <laughs> <Yeah>. notice that. <laughs> it was like a porcelain, like white dummy. <laughs> This does have an awesome explosion. I love early '90s, like not explosion. Because they're real. Well, yeah, they, they yeah. look so good. They're not CGI like bullshit. Yeah, I feel like I'm actually watching something happen, um, even they, if I'm not in, that interested into the movie. Yeah. I'm like, wow. That's... Well, they only do it like, especially with like buildings. It's when like like a building's like being demolished. Yeah, they have to make room for another parking lot. <laughs> yeah, so. like I know they do that with like uh, the Dark Knight. I remember okay, that seeing like hospital. Yeah, the hospital was a parking garage. Yeah, and I remember seeing like news headlines before the movie came out, and they're like, "Yeah, they're they're blowing up a parking garage," and like they showed like the footage of it from like, awesome. the news. You know, that seems yeah. awesome too because it's like very iconic with the Joker. Yeah, and it's oh, a yeah. but it's a real explosion. I yeah. think that's the last like real explosion I've seen in like a like a uh, huge on, a, on that level. Oh, yeah, that looked weird. It looked like, weird, and apparently it was real, because there's yeah. behind-the-scenes footage of it actually blowing up. But it's supposed to be the biggest movie explosion ever. Yeah. But it didn't look real. No, I think it was... Yeah, it was Well, fake. actually, fun fact about the whole... Uh, I'll add on to your whole Batman exploding building scene. When the Joker presses the button as he's walking away... That was real. No, he's wearing Crocs. Oh. Yeah, I don't know if you guys knew that or not. Okay. But <laughs> very interesting fact. Thank you. you. Saw it on Facebook. <laughs> my life is... <laughs> you know. My life has changed forever. You're welcome. <laughs> So they get in trouble for going into this building and setting off the bomb prematurely, not waiting for the bomb squad. So they get put on patrol for a whole week. This is it next... a week? I thought they just got demoted for, like, real, like, realsies. I thought it was supposed to be for a week. Maybe, okay. Maybe it was for realsies. Oh, no, I think cause, because Murtaugh was talking about only having, like, a week left. Oh, so it's just like, like it's my retirement. last week I got to spend, you know, being a patrolman. Oh, that's probably yeah. what it was. Yeah. Which, like, the repercussions for blowing up an entire building saying, that's are like, really that's slim. A, that's a slap on the wrist, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no shit. So uh, they get put on patrol, and they have this whole running gag where Danny Glover is wearing a girdle. Um, it'll come back later on in the that's movie. That's always like the the go-to joke for somebody that's old, because they do it in uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead. Oh, do they, is he always wearing a girdle yeah. as well? Okay. Yeah, they make yeah. fun of him in that. So yeah, they're, this next scene really bothers me. So they're on patrol, and you can tell they're kind of bored with it, and this guy jaywalks. And Mel Gibson's like, oh, that guy's jaywalking. we got to go get him. And they totally screw with this guy. And it's fun for them, probably. 
you know, they're like sitting there like, oh, we got to write you a ticket and then all this stuff. But as like a regular citizen, like I'd be furious. This isn't funny. Oh, yeah. Like I'd write into the yeah. fucking local mayor. Yeah. <laughs> just complain about these <laughs> sociopaths. That are... Well, Mel Gibson pulls out a gun. Yeah. And I was thinking, I was like, man, what if this happened today? Like, one, that whole thing would have been on a cell phone. National that news, That whole thing would have yeah. been recorded, yeah. yeah. And if that cop would have pulled out a gun, even if it was for fun, like, that would never happen. Yeah, exactly. See, I had that down. I don't, like, I had the exact same note down, but it's later on in the movie. And I think it's after he beats the shit out of the movie director. And it's oh, like, yeah. wow, it's like police brutality. And it's like, and this is okay. So, I gotta say this out front, like, placing this movie in the timeline... This movie came out in July of 92, only a couple months after the L.A. rioting in April. Okay. So, like, they didn't have time to really, like, reenact, like, they didn't have time to really act with that, like, that period, but, like, how weird is this movie to come out, like, after that, and, like, you know... Just be very casual about police brutality. Yeah, (laughs) cops in L.A. and... Yeah, kind of, usually, like, at least these days, if something like that happened, the movie would be delayed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there's no fucking way. But, yeah, there's a lot of, like, quote-unquote police brutality. Well, just that bored as shit with their jobs. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's fun in the first one, because, you know, Mel kind of, like, screws around with people who are... They deserve it. They're bad people. Yeah. But I feel like he's just messing around with, like, a movie director and a jaywalker. Like, yeah, they didn't deserve anything. Yeah, they didn't deserve (laughs) any of this. So while this whole jaywalking thing is going on, they witness uh, an armored car that pulls up to a bank and is, you know, transferring the money. And the manager's running out, and he's like, hey, you didn't sign. You didn't sign. And the guy just keeps walking to yeah, his car. Yeah, why would you just not just, just sign? sign? And yeah. then you can get out of there. Yeah, like, it's it was not a, that big of a deal. It's an easy situation, then conveniently, the other, like, the real money guys arrive. Yeah, complete the heist and just sign the paper. Yeah. Like, you don't, you don't Force that your... signature, you're already committing a crime. You can write anything you want. You can write Lenny Kravitz yeah. down, and no one's gonna question it. <laughs> Who's Lenny Kravitz? He's <laughs> not around yet. Oh, you'll see in a couple years. <laughs> That's my new band. Your, your kids will like it. <laughs> so, this whole shootout happens. And they shoot rookie cop is probably his first day on the job and he gets shot in the leg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Poor guy. So Mel Gibson jumps in the back of the armored car that takes off while Danny Glover uh, ends up getting in the car with um, one of the actual armored car drivers. Yeah, I can't remember. what She's she's those are uh, shows up throughout the movie kind of like yeah. comedic. Yeah, and it's, I, I enjoy it. She's got a lot of personality. I yeah, think she's getting real touchy feely with him during this chase scene. Oh, yeah, I think I actually do think this is funny. I like yeah. the whole interaction with this. Um, what do we think of this whole car chase scene? Ed, man, it like is boring. super fucking goofy. Oh, yeah. oh wow, it's really boring. I, I have I no problem. I think with it this, was but... cool, but like, there's too much comedy in it. Yeah, it kind of like it's like the comedy throws out the intensity of it, and it's just you know, like it's too lighthearted for yeah. a lethal weapon movie. And okay, this is my problem. A lot of times with action scenes like this in movies, it's really early on in the film, right? Yeah, we don't know who the bad guys are. It doesn't really matter if. Yeah, because Zero catches them. Because you just think these guys are just kind of like, they're random thugs that they like kind yeah. of just take down. The action's not entertaining because there's no threat. Like, you know Mel Gibson's not going to get killed. They haven't established, like, the main villain for the movie yet. Yeah, you know, like, what if he catches these guys kind of moment. Like, I hope he catches yeah. them. There's, like, no yeah. thrills with it. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, it's like, okay, it's an action sequence just being an action sequence. Well, the whole time... It's in- not like, you know, I want to bring this up because... It's reminder, it's not like the like the Ark of the Covenant and Raiders of the Lost Ark with like the truck scene. It's not like you're like, oh man, I hope he can get that truck out of there. It's that like that's badass because he's going from like truck to truck and he's getting like consistently fucked up during the yeah like the chase scene. Like it's there's a raw stakes. Scene. There's stakes because he's getting hurt. 
Yeah, and but I just feel like there's like kind of really nothing in this this scene. He's not gonna really get hurt or anything. What actually would it remind me of the entire time I was watching it was, and I, I I'm like a hundred percent sure it's from another Lead the Weapon movie, is when they're chasing the um the car that's like made out of a house. That sounds so stupid. Okay, second one. Is yeah. it the second one? I think it's the second one. Yeah, yeah. And he's like starting like, to jumble together. They, yeah, they fall through the plastic and they're dragging on the plastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh no, awesome. that's uh that's Lethal Weapon four. Is that four? Yeah. Okay, okay, I thought so. Is it? I believe so. I'm pretty yeah. sure it is. Or is it? Uh, my, yeah, okay. I think it is for. I mean, they do so many callbacks to the first two movies, yeah. it's insane. Oh, it's a callback. Yeah. I knew it was coming. But that's a really intense scene because they're doing something different. I feel like I like this car chase scene, but all in all, it's just a car chase scene. Yeah. Nothing's really going on. I feel like this This should have been like the cold open. And then this. Okay, yeah. I instead that. of like yeah. that bomb sequence was just like, it's just a like. It's a throwaway. It's a throwaway just to, to show that they're on their, uh, they get demoted. Yeah. Which happens for like two two minutes. And they yeah, go and back they to become detectives. Back. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Well, during this whole chase scene, um, Mel Gibson gets to the front of the armored car, slams on the brakes, and one of the guy goes flying to the the windows. Yeah, and this is um, actually uh, a guy. This is uh, oh, is it Mark Pellegrino? He's actually a small role on Big Lebowski. He's okay. one of the guys the the buddy they switch clothes later in the movie. Really? Yeah. Do you remember that they uh, kind of? He's like, hey, woo! When they shove the dude in the toilet. Yeah. He's like, this guy just has a bowling ball or whatever, you know? <laughs> Do you remember that scene? Yeah, all? that's him. Yeah, that's the guy. No shit. And then he uh, eventually is Jacob on Lost. Oh, shit. Is he really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, actually, I do kind of remember that. Wow. Anyway, yeah, I know we talked about Lost, and I've only seen... Yeah, I mean, that's like yeah. a big kind of like reveal. I didn't know or whatever. that. But I do like this scene because when he comes flying out of the window, he's unconscious, and he wakes up. Yeah. And... I thought he was just dead, and Riggs was just handcuffing him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like a psychopath. <laughs> I will say it's weird that how, like, 90s action movies, they, they feel forced to, like, throw in comedic relief. Yeah. Because we saw this with, like, last, like, specifically with movies that we cover for the podcast. We saw in Last Action Hero, which I guess is, like, supposed to be kind of funny. Yeah. But that's, like, the same style humor in this movie. And the same with, like, Beverly Hills Cop 3 with, like, a serious movie as a first entry and then, like, just becomes a comedy. It does. Because the entire time I was actually watching this, I've never thought this before, it reminded me of Beverly Hills Cop 3. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was the vibe I was getting. Just because of the way, how, from the transition from the first movie to the third movie. Well, and I actually, think it works yeah, perfectly it's actually, with yeah. the same as Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, because the second one for both those series is really dark. Oh, the second one is dark as shit. Yeah, and then when you get to the third one, I think people are like, oh, it's too dark, let's lighten it up big time. Yeah. And I, Which well, is a... Well, go ahead. No, what triggered it, though? Because, like, there's I think something... It's just, I think it's just the 90s decade, because all those yeah. movies are, like... They feel forced to like throw in comedy in their in their movies. I feel like it's like what happened in the nineties was everybody was having such a good time and it was all goofy. <laughs> hey, we're just and, having a good and, time in the eighties. <laughs> no, it was in the eighties, and then when the nineties got there, we had like serious music and serious movies. Yeah, everyone was all they, coked up in the eighties. They like yeah. trying to continue in the nineties. <laughs> but it's like then it's like they had to make it look like all these movies were just like jokes, like. Oh, yeah, the least weapon. Oh, they're supposed to be exaggerated. It's a joke. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they had to, like, explain themselves. Like, it's, it's weird, weird. because uh, Richard Donner directed all four Lethal Weapon movies. Yeah. So it's, like, kind of weird seeing him change his own style. Well, it, but it still has the same vibe. It's, it's the same look, the same yeah. humor. It's just, same it, sexy saxophone. That's a big sentence you just said there. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just everything's just a little more extreme. Yeah. Which, by the way, Richard Donner is in this movie. Is he? Yeah, Matt, who is Richard Donner in this He's movie? He's not. That's not Richard Donner. Richard Donner is the captain. No, he's not. No, that's not Richard Donner is, at all. Is what me and Matt always thought yeah. when we were younger. Oh. We always thought that. We always thought that was Richard Donner, man. <laughs> no, it's but- a nice director cameo in a major role. <laughs> <laughs> there actually is another uh, kind of like a, a small role in this movie. There's an actor 
Um, I'm hope I don't butcher his name. His name's Miguel Nunez Jr. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's uh um, He's in Street Fighter. He is yeah, he's uh I forget he, what is it, AJ in Street Fighter. He was in Return of the Living Dead. And he's what, Demon in uh Friday the thirteenth, a new beginning. And yeah, he's in the is that the fifth yeah, the fifth one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. With he's in Roy. With Roy. <laughs> um, yeah, I think his name is Demon in uh in, in this is it? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this guy's been he's in the background of a lot of stuff. Um, he's and literally he's a Juana man. Yes, he is. Yeah, he is. Good <laughs> yeah. call. Oh, I'm very wow. familiar with his work. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no kidding, man. As you can tell. <laughs> but he's just in the background on like the side. It's almost like the way uh, what's her name from Lost Boys is. That's oh, in summer school. Okay, yeah. You know what I'm talking it's about? Same with uh, what, oh yeah, yeah. I'm with you. yeah. I'm like with you. she's in like there's a part in Lost Boys where you can see her in the background when the mom's on the phone. Like it cuts her about to say something and just cuts to like the next yeah. scene. Yeah. <laughs> like I have something and it just cuts to the next like different scene. Wow, that was an awkward cut. <laughs> but you could tell like she was cut from the movie because you see her. She's like that's what well, she is. She's in the background. Like, yeah. That's same. The uh, I was gonna say the same with the girl from Growing Pains. She's in uh, Avengers One. Yeah, that's and it right. keeps cutting yeah. back and forth her during that New York fight scene. Oh, really? But she's a part of a deleted scene with uh, Captain America because she has, like, the hots for him. Yeah, it was the the youngest girl from Growing Pains. Yeah. It was, like, the little girl in there. Yeah, she was in it. Well, it's like uh, Michelle Monaghan's in Constantine. Like, she's actually Constantine's... Like, wife or something? Yeah, the wife. And she shows up, and she has a line in the movie as like a, as a demon. Huh? When, remember when he like he starts up the rain? Oh shit! Up the rain. And she says something. Yeah, she's like it, she's like holy water, and like oh. that's Michelle Monaghan. Is it really? And she her character was like Constantine's wife, and that's why she's in that Whoa, scene. Whoa, mind blown! But her whole like entire character was cut from that movie. That's kind of like man, we're going on a tangent. No, this is like no, this no. is interesting. It's kind of like, and I, I I think I'm getting this one right. Julio in the Daredevil, Daredevil movie. Yeah. yeah, he had like a a big character because he has a character arc where it's like Matt Murdock's like defending him or something. Yeah, it's yeah. like a really big or not like a huge role. But it's but in it's the, a lot more the than, director's cut, I think. Yeah, which um, if I remember correctly, the director's cut's actually pretty good. That's what I heard. I yeah, still, I still kind of no, defend it's, that. Movie. It's like it's so. like an R version of it. It's pretty. Good. I don't want to yeah. watch it because that movie fucking sucks. I like that movie. <laughs> I think it's bad. Decent. I don't think it's that bad. I cut on TV uh, TNT. Uh, drama, welcome. drama welcome Johnny drama welcome drama rama last cigarette I actually caught it right when they're about to fight on the playground I was like I cannot watch this movie alright that seems goofy <laughs> don't judge it based off that one scene wait what I don't even remember that you don't know the infamous scene where Jennifer Garner fights a blind man in a playground Oh yeah, and they're like on the seesaw back and forth. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what though, uh, Bullseye kills that movie though. Man, he, he does, does great. He's yeah, he, he, he does a really good job with yeah. that character. He kills a grandma with a cashew. I know that's why it's hysterical, man. He like he kills like before he even gets in the movie, like actually in the movie. I don't think he has a single like he, single line of dialogue. He just kills somebody with a paperclip. Yeah, he kills like four clips. people on his way to like his destination to America before he like gets involved in the story. <laughs> stupid back to the movie <laughs> so yeah so when this guy flies through the window i always like this line uh the guy kind of wakes up from being unconscious and they'll give some punches him in the face he's like yeah. back to bed oh yeah, yeah. and <laughs> i always like that line for some reason in your dreams in your dream <laughs> dream warriors <laughs> meet your new nightmare <laughs> i'm a wizard <laughs> i love that line <laughs> we cut back to danny glover's house which at this part, Mel Gibson's clearly a member of this family. Yeah, he even brings and, it up later on in the movie. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Where he says he has three kids, but they're yours. Yeah, which that's is an awesome, awesome scene. Line. Yeah, it's it is actually scene. pretty fucking yeah. cool. Yeah. So yeah, he's clearly a part of the family now. Um, 
Leo shows up. Leo gets who is Joe Pesci. I okay, feel, I just feel bad for Joe Pesci in these movies. Like I, I don't know. Like he I, plays such a tough guy mobster, and then he gets like sidelined almost. Yeah, it's like he does. He, like around this time, I want to say, what, what year was my cousin Vinny? That was like ninety ninety one. It was like yeah ninety ninety one. So it's like this movie's after it, but it's just like he plays like such like a shrimp. In these yeah. movies, and they just make they just rip on him and make fun of him, and it's like it's almost not fun watching it. It would actually be it would actually be pretty fucking cool if he played tough guy mobster type that was friends with the cops, and they like kind of enlist his help in some of these oh, action man. scenes. I would watch yeah. Joe Pesci kill some people in Lethal Weapon. If Shane Black was still writing for it, I can kind of see that. Character yeah, I guess because I guess it was the movie he didn't write it; it was just based off the characters, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Jeffrey Baum that wrote this one. Okay, okay. Well, I will say I know we've all kind of agreed the fourth one isn't great. I think it's enjoyable. I actually like it because it's Jet Li's first American. Yeah, movie. Jet Li's awesome. Yeah, but if we're gonna talk about the way they treat Joe Pesci's character, I say fourth one is even like worse. I feel like, but the, like the last five minutes of that movie, yeah. Joe Pesci has an awesome monologue. dialogue scene or like it's like a, yeah it's a monologue with mel gibson about mel gibson's wife who died you know oh okay it. and it is a great speech i yeah. remember about this his frog about that his jumps frog out of the... that, that he kills his frog and it sounds kind of goofy at first but the more he gets into it you're like it actually hits home i really enjoy that is monologue. he like making like jokes while he's doing this monologue like cracking wise or nope. no no it's like no, a serious it's, it's, it's like a, a totally hard serious monologue moment. it's wow. a really good yeah, monologue. i do not remember this from from mel gibson's at his wife's grave and leo gives this whole speech it's awesome it's cool. probably the best part of the movie, besides um, the whole laughing gas scene, which oh I remember. God. <laughs> Man. I completely forgot about that. Then these movies get way too goofy. Like you yeah. know, if you, I like, I look at it in these movies in like parallel with the Die Hard movies. Yeah, and it's like, the best way comparing them. Yeah, and you see Die Hard with the Vengeance come out and it just kicks ass. Would you say? Would you say Lethal Weapon Four is better than Die Hard Four? I would say no, yes. No, I think Four. Okay, here's my thing with Die Hard Four. I think Die Hard Four is an awesome. Movie, but not a good Die Hard movie. No, it's a good movie, but not a Die Hard. But yeah, movie. It just it's, it just kind of sucks because it's like the John McClane character. Yeah, and there's an R-rated cut. Speaking of like Daredevil, yeah, cut, there's an R-rated cut of, uh, of Die Hard. Is it actually, a big difference? I think they just like it's weird because they just throw in cuss yeah, words. Mom. Yeah, they throw in yeah. like the F. We they, watched it. They throw in Did curse we? words and it's all off screen. And then he also says "Yippee Kaye, motherfucker," but it's like right when he says "motherfucker," it's like cuts away oh, really? Really? and so it's just like yippee ki motherfucker <laughs> see I think they were just doing that just to please people who were like oh yeah. it's PG-13 because that's yeah. shitty of them to do oh for like, sure we're gonna make a PG-13 diehard movie I th- if it's a good movie this I'm one's totally for the kids <laughs> <laughs> that's what they were trying to do yeah they, they had to miss out on the first three this one's for them no Ooh, there's a call hey. a video rental store you can still watch them <laughs> dude future podcast movies that changed ratings throughout their series oh man we do Robocop 3 we can do Die Hard 4. That's the only two I can think of. <laughs> Good <But> examples. <laughs> It'll be a long podcast. Can't wait. <laughs> so at this point, Leo shows up to the house. He's a realtor. And he's trying to sell the house. So the whole family hides. And Mel's trying to smoke while they're showing off this house. Also, this is like this is what I was talking about. This is like one big previously on Lethal Weapon. Where he basically yeah. constantly references like why the house is... Yeah, there's, there's a car. It kind of is. Yeah, Leo's telling the, the this couple that might buy the house, like all the history of it. Yeah, yeah. for that one asshole who went to the movie theaters, like I guess I'll just go see the third one. I haven't seen one and two. <laughs> yeah, but. this is your this is your like recap right yeah. here. Yeah, wait, Lethal Weapon three is a sequel. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the three of them, like there are yeah. three Lethal Weapons. <laughs> there's like three of them in the poster, so I just assumed like they're the three Lethal Weapons. <laughs> if I remember correctly, the I know Magnificent Seven. You yeah, know? exactly. Like, yeah, <laughs> I could be completely wrong about this. But for some reason, 
I remember either seeing or reading that the cutout for this movie, like at movie theaters, was Mel on one side and Danny on and the other. And then a face you could put your head through? No, no. It was the same. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. And then Joe Pesci was in the middle and he kept popping up. It was like motorized. <laughs> And his head, is that right? Yeah. Did I, okay. I read notes about this okay. tonight. This is real. <laughs> I, I, wish there's any, I wish there's still one of those cardboard somewhere in this world. Oh, you know, there's some like movie theater worker that got to take that home. Oh, for sure. Oh, kind of like, like I took my home my uh, seat of Chucky. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We weren't friends then. No. I used to have a, when I worked at the theater, I had the a theater. seat of Chucky cardboard cutout. Okay. And you could put your face where the baby was. Oh, see, okay. So it looked like you were there, baby. Oh. Man, that thing was in the basement for years. So it's almost yeah. like the idea I had for Lethal Weapon 3, but for a seat of Chucky. Well, yeah. What I did is I printed out a picture of Joe Pesci's face, and I, <laughs> and I put it for the baby. <laughs> hey, I'm Leo Getz! <laughs> <laughs> so... They're trying to all in this movie. Back to the movie. I was gonna, <laughs> yeah, we, to make sure everybody's on the right page. So yeah, so the whole family's trying to hide. Mel's trying to smoke. Danny gloves are glovesers. Danny Glover gives Grants him, his glovers. <laughs> Danny Glover. I'm gonna give you the glovers. <laughs> Why does he sound like that? I don't know. I hate when I mess up. <laughs> Danny Glover says, "Don't smoke." Yeah, I think you still said it. I think you just I said, said it right. Danny Glover. <laughs> you said Danny Glover's again. Danny Glover. Don't smoke in my house. Like, <laughs> I don't even know what accent that is. That was is. like a diva. Don't smoke in my house. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Danny Glover says, don't smoke in my house. I'm trying to like talk like <laughs> as straight as possible. Glover. Hey, don't smoke my house, man. Here's some dog biscuits. And this joke goes on throughout the entire Is this movie. how? I, okay, so yeah. is this why he starts eating the dog biscuits? Yeah, he says, don't smoke, have one of these. <laughs> no, I didn't. Wait, 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 I thought we watched Lethal Weapon 4. I was like, how'd you miss that, dude? I was like, no, no, because I knew. I, he I, must have been so confused no, in the movie no, because, every time yeah. he took out a dog no, because I thought, I thought it was like his way of like trying to quit smoking. Oh, okay. And so I didn't realize this is like the establishing moment in the origin story of him quitting smoking. <laughs> idea yeah i feel bad for that guy who saw this movie without seeing the other two and he's even more confused <laughs> dog biscuits. So, okay this character reads dog biscuits weird. <laughs> is, is he like a werewolf <laughs> so mel eats a dog biscuit and at one point the couple walks in on danny glover and mel gibson kind of like wrestling um well that's not really what's happening but it looks really awkward and there's actually a lot of there's a couple gay jokes in this movie are there yeah, there's like probably like three or four. Where yeah, it's yeah. Like, wah, wah, yeah, because he walks in in the beginning and he like he kisses the entire family. Oh, yeah. and kisses him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of jokes as far as that goes, and so the couple is not having it. And they get in the car and they take off. I think that might have been a breaking point for him. I think that because they kind of made the way it edits. Once they see him hugging, the car takes off like yeah. speed. Oh, okay. So after this whole thing goes down, Danny Glover and Mel, they're going to work, and they see Danny Glover's oldest son, Nick, and he's talking to, I guess it's like a drug dealer. Or his, like, his buddy Daryl, and then like the gang he's a part of or something. Yeah, and I, guess, I, think it's, I assume it's that Tyrone's gang, or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, was it? Oh, I didn't put that together. That's what I assume since they keep coming back to Tyrone. Oh, yeah, that actually he, that makes sense. He has the yeah. arms deal with the guy. Is Daryl, is he in the first movie? Uh, I feel like maybe. I feel like he's in there, but like not credited. Because when he ultimately dies, like yeah. that's a pretty huge scene for if somebody if that's somebody like pretty minor. You know, it's so, his yeah. friend. You know, yeah. But. 
Well, I think they, sh- they should have established it a little bit more. Like, maybe had Daryl show up a couple more times. That's for all those Lethal Weapon 1 and 2 fans out there. <laughs> <laughs> and not the one guy who didn't see 1 and 2. <laughs> the guy is still confused at this point. <laughs> I didn't even bother seeing the first two. <laughs> to this <I> day. <laughs> oh, you mean the prequels? Uh, <laughs> so what backstory a- do I need? They're cops. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Next. <laughs> Next movie, please. <laughs> So, yeah, Danny Glover and Mel are kind of like eyeing this, going, what's going on. Then we get this whole joke throughout the movie as Nick's walking away. Word. Danny, Danny's like, yeah, I love you, Nick. He's like, word, Dad. Yeah. He's like, word, Nick. And then the word, Raj. We used to say this all the time, man. I don't know why. Are you, why are you looking at me like we didn't say this all the time? <laughs> I don't know. What do you want me to say? You're like saying every nuanced thing. Like at this point, uh, we'll get some. We'll get some swearing. Uh, Reebok pumps. Uh, <laughs> you guys remember Reebok pumps? <laughs> Whatever. Moving on. This is when we meet Richard Dreyfus' son, what? Jack. Travis? Jack Travis. Yeah, he yeah. does kind of look like a Richard Dreyfus. Oh. Does not come off to you as Richard Dreyfus. No. You know what he's in? He's in uh, Mask of Zorro. Yeah. Yeah. Matt told me that. I do he's not actually, remember this. Movie. He's actually an English actor, which is kind of cool. I know he's yeah. in. He's in Hot Fuzz. Oh shit! He, he is the, the the fucking doctor. Yeah, dude. There you go. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I like this guy. He's kind of cool. Yeah, I know. He and was a also, real. He was a real scumbag in this movie. He's also in the adult trailer in Grindhouse. Oh shit! Nice. Yeah, but everybody's, oh, everybody's in that trailer. I don't yeah, know. everybody yeah, is in all those movies. Yeah. So this is our our first cut of Jack Travis, our our main villain of the movie, and he's pretty much trying to sell like I guess like his business to this guy Tyrone. Yeah, he's just trying to sell guns. Yeah. And cop killers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and cop killers. So as they're walking, Jack reaches over to this guy, I believe is Billy. Is this correct? Mm-hmm. Is this guy Billy? Yeah, it's the guy that got away. No, during... this isn't Billy. Okay, Billy's the one I got Billy's the, in. yeah, guy got. Okay. He got away during the car chase. During the armored court car scene earlier. Yeah, armored court. <laughs> Welcome, to... <laughs> Welcome to armored court with Judge Chris. <laughs> Stupid. All right, so... It's just Chris fumbling over like uh, people's names, like you, sir, Steve, Steve. So Jack, I I didn't know that this guy that dies right here was from the armored. Yeah, it was kind of weird because he's wearing like the uniform and everything. It was kind of like just not really established well. I don't think it was at all because I've seen this movie a good handful of times. Never knew this. I caught it like I caught it while I was watching it, obviously, but like it was just weird to me that because I kind of had to like. Double take and kind of like figure out who this guy was. Yeah, yeah but I, I feel like if it was too obvious, it would seem real corny. Like, hey, you tried to rob a bank with an armored car and then you fell off the road and then came back here to work. Well, yeah. hey, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, yeah. That, was, <laughs> that was good, Jack from Travis. The be- from the beginning of the movie. <laughs> from the beginning. <laughs> from the beginning of the story. <laughs> Wait, the prequels? Now die. <laughs> I'm lost. <laughs> I would make prequels. <laughs> so Jack grabs this guy and he's like, yeah, he's like, you did this whole armored car thing by yourself. You know, you shouldn't have done that. And he ends up throwing him in wet cement. Oh, this is fucked up. And yeah, and he throws him in wet cement and guys pin him down until he eventually just drowns in the cement. Pretty much. And Jack's like, hey, man, it's, you know, it's carve our initials in here. Yeah, he, that's he totally even more, does. Yeah, that's even more messed up. And he totally does a Richard drive his lamp right here, mm. which is like spot on. Do you want to show us? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Is that kind of nice? Was that more Richard Dreyfus or Carl from Billy Madison? I was gonna say Carl from Billy Madison. <laughs> okay, I'm just making sure we're on the same page. The next scene, we're going to see Danny Glover's oldest daughter. She's really not in this movie that much, 
at least compared to the first two. Oh, is, this, is this the same daughter uh, that gets held hostage in? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Danny Glover doesn't tell Mel at all what her new job is, but he's like, oh, we're going to go see her at work. Like he's trying to surprise him or something? Yeah. We actually see her across the street. She's getting robbed, and this guy's got a gun to her head and everything. <laughs> Go ahead, what do you got, man? No, it's just like, yeah, like she, like I, I don't know why she doesn't tell him like what the job is. Like, like yeah, like she's like gonna surprise yeah, so him. I, that's huge news. Yeah, like hey, surprise, I'm a garbage man, and she's like dumping garbage. <laughs> like, like hey, surprise, I'm a hobo, and like she's like pennies. <laughs> that's like a cup, like pennies for your thoughts. Pennies for your thoughts. <laughs> Like, why like, did you surprise anybody with the job that you had? Also, how did Riggs not see the vast crew of uh, production? That's a good call. Yeah. How yeah. Did he in, not the, see... in the huge trailers that are in the background as yeah. they're filming this scene. This is a very because he point. has two glass eyes. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I did not know that. About... Fun fact. <laughs> I, that must have been the two, their first two movies. They yeah, explained that, yeah. <laughs> they explain that origin story. I'm pretty sure we've made two glass eye joke before on this podcast. Have we? I cannot remember Don't what remember. movie it was. It was Swordfish, I think. Yeah, it was swordfish. With the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Fun she, had, she had a glass eye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> like that, like the, it was like the pellet that was like rolling oh, towards the movie. Yeah. And you guys are like, yeah, it's her glass eye. <laughs> like, like it was like a piece of like detail that wasn't like informed. <laughs> and that's when Hugh Jackman looks into her glass eye. <laughs> <laughs> so... The bomb vests are just made of glass eyes. Man, that'd have been so disappointing for like the effects people. If like there was like a test audience person, like I didn't understand the glass eye thing at the beginning of the movie. And you're like, damn it, <laughs> that's supposed to be like it's a, a ball bearing. <laughs> On Nicholas Cage is running this. <laughs> it's a freaking ball bearing. <laughs> oh man. So what actually is happening in the scene is Mel Gibson's looking across the street and he sees Danny Glover's older daughter being robbed. And Mel Gibson, like, flips out, and he goes straight to her, and he tackles this guy with the gun, throws him to the ground, and we actually find out it's a movie scene. She's, like, a, an actress, which Mel Gibson had no idea she was an actress. Yeah, maybe they should have uh, told him that beforehand. You would think. Big surprise. And we have this whole, like, tussle between Mel Gibson and the director. Yeah, he starts doing, like, his Three Stooges style of fighting on him. Yeah, and, like, he punches him in the stomach, and he throws him to the ground, and all this because as soon as Mel Gibson runs on set, the guy, the director fires yeah. Danny Glover's daughter. Mm-hmm. And so Mel Gibson like fights with them. He's like, all right, she can have her job back. Like This whole thing would not hold up. Mel Gibson has to be in jail so many times at this point. The scene following after this is actually a pretty memorable scene that always stuck with me is when they're in the car after this whole you know attack in the director. And Mel Gibson looks over at Danny Glover and he's like, oh, did you cut yourself shaving? Uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, he's like, old razor? And Danny Glover's like, old face. I always Ooh, thought was, I love yeah. that line. <clears throat> it's I think cool. it's such a cool line. It definitely stands I wish he would have uh, did a callback and told his son about that, too, when he was helping his son shave. Oh, maybe that's why he did it then. Like, maybe there's a connection there with the with the razor. Well, I yeah. think it is. I think, yeah, because he's helping his young son shave and stuff like that. And yeah. So, yeah, after we get this whole thing, we actually get a really, this is actually one of my favorite scenes of the movie. Is they're in the locker room. This was confusing to me. Wasn't okay. a little bit. In this scene, what's going on is Danny Glover's putting his gun into <clears> his <throat> holster and it accidentally goes off. And to cover it up, Mel Gibson starts beating the shit out of lockers, acting like he's pissed. Oh, okay. And everybody comes walking. They're like, "What the hell? We heard a gunshot." He's like, "No, I'm pissed." He's like, and he starts like banging stuff. And it's such a good friend moment 
I yeah. really like this scene. I think this is a really cool was scene. It, why did he accidentally shoot his gun? Because that's the whole thing is him getting old or oh, retirement. Okay. I see. Yeah. So, yeah, and he was just covering up. I I think this shows their friendship like 100%. Yeah. And then they just both sit down and just like stare at each other. They don't talk about it. They just kind of like that happened. Uh, the next scene we do get is the uh, the shooting range. We meet Billy the Kid. I don't know if he actually has a real name, but they call him Billy the Kid throughout the movie. Yeah, he's yeah. like the sharpshooter rookie. Yeah, he's like this really young kid. He'll come back later on through the movie. AKA Dead Meat. Yeah, his red <laughs> shirt. Much. Yeah. Which is a sad scene. It's pretty sad. Yeah. And then they make fun of Danny Glover's girdle. That comes back. <laughs> and then that's it. So yeah. they have that one joke in the beginning for this. And pretty much this whole scene is just to show you that these new bullets on the street, <clears throat> they're called cop killers. And this is what Jack Travis, our main villain, is putting out on the streets. Yeah, yeah. And what they do is they go right through Kevlar. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so they're shooting right through. This is basically just to show you pretty much what they're dealing with. The plot of this movie. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think of of that as, like, the main driving force that he's just, like, a gun dealer? Because in the first one, he, what is it? It's a drug trafficking ring in the first movie? I think it's just drugs. Oh, is it just drugs? I think it's just drugs. Okay, and the second one is what? (laughs) Extortion um, yeah. slash um, like foreign diplomats like kind of being shitheads in America. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, if you just said someone was just selling guns and that was like their main thing, I'd be like, all right, that's kind of weak. But the fact that you know they can pierce through, you know, this protection. There are main like that, gangs around. Yeah, L.A. Or that's whatever. a pretty good plot. I, I I think the plot's pretty decent for this yeah. one. I mean, I don't think it's like amazing, but yeah, yeah, Matt. <laughs> <You're just staring laughs> off. No, I know. I when you it would. Like I already said, I, just, I, I guess for me, I wish that the, the main villain's such a fucking shithead. <clears throat> I that, like that though. I wish he was like. I wish the plot was like a little bit better with the bad guys. I there's a moment in this movie where it kind of touches upon like what's going on in L.A. at the time. I see, yeah, yeah. And I really wish the movie would have pushed like instead pushed being, that like, story and being like subtle about it or whatever. Yeah, instead of like kind of like making it look like because it's, this like, is really just them and then else. the uh, Tyrone's gang is pretty much the only like. It feels yeah. like everybody. But they make Tyrone's gang look like it's really not them. It's like this gun dealer that's yeah. doing everything. Yeah. And I feel like it's just like, I wish they kind of would have pushed it like towards like more gang violence that was going on in L.A. at the time. Yeah. And, and even though that is a super sensitive subject at the time period. Yeah, oh well, yeah. But like at least it would make this movie stand out a little bit. And not also, just... it would have been pretty fucking cool if they introduced Jack in the first two movies as like a buddy cop. That's cool, yeah. And yeah. then cut to him being like this awful man like just dealing guns yeah, okay they'll, 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 there's something that's yeah. so cool if they i mean obviously they probably thought of last minute but yeah if he would have been like a kind of an extra in the background you know, had a few lines he'd be there. your 006 in this movie yeah and that would be really cool i really wish they would have done that now but it was just like i guess he's a bad dude it just kind of didn't feel justified i guess in the story but you know like that's just my opinion no yeah. I, I, i'm with you 100 i really i, I just that. i don't know i just feel like this movie missed the buck i think it should have cashed like not, it sounds horrible cashed in with the times so. oh like, but, like play, play more into the current events yeah play more into the current events and i think it would have stood out more i just i don't know i, I feel like it, it brings in comedy to ignore all of that stuff like, yeah because what they're doing is pretty serious shit and then they're spraying like they're laying all this like kind of comedic relief with the cops yeah it's almost like they they're not taking this this the situation like seriously. Well, they I do guess. cover base. I mean, they do in a way cover bad cops. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean with yeah. the storyline. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, actually, this is next scene we have. We actually have a lot going on in this next scene. We have Jack Travis is going to the police station to go visit Billy, who is from the armored car in the yeah. beginning, pretty much to shut him up or kill him. And at the same time, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover are going to see him. And this is when we get introduced to is it Lorna? Is Lorna that Cola? 
Lorna Cola? I think that's her name. L- Lorna Copa Cola? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Nailed it. This is Renee Russo's character. Uh, what do we think of Renee Russo in this movie? She's uh, the opposite to, or not the opposite, but like the the same as Riggs. She's the female version of Riggs. Pretty much. Do we like this? Yeah, I think she's pretty badass. Uh, she's okay. She dresses like, I can't, okay. Oh, Matt's talking about this so much during the movie. I can't find her attractive at all. <laughs> talking about women in movies? What? I can imagine. <laughs> hey, what's that supposed to mean? <laughs> Refer to every podcast episode we've ever done. <laughs> now, the Wonder Woman thing, though, was that I think they misused Wonder Woman. I think they should have had her at the headline of Batman vs. Superman vs. Wonder Woman instead of just having her off as a side character. They didn't like. They should have made her bigger. I agree with you on that. Yeah. yeah, that's my. That was my complaint about Wonder Woman being in that movie. Okay, okay. What's your complaint about Renee Russo? <laughs> she dresses like a teacher in this movie. She kind of does. She dresses like everybody's mom did in the nineties. She she dresses like a teacher from Saved by the Bill. The college years. Yeah, <laughs> it's like weird. Like I, like they try to make her like the counterpart to Mel Gibson. But she looks so wholesome in like these like teacher outfits. Yeah, maybe that's what they were going the, for, like the soccer mom pants. Like, well, I think that's that is I think probably what they're going for is like she's supposed to be like this straight by the book for internal affairs, internal affairs. But yeah. then she like kicks total ass. She does have a badass. Yeah. yeah. Now, do you think I don't want to jump too far in the movie, but do you think their their relationships justified? Do you think it's a good relationship? Is nah. that something? It's pretty sudden, fast. Oh, yeah, that's my problem with it. It happens way too quick. Yeah. Because by the end of the movie, he's pretty much like... Oh, by the end of the franchise, they're like, they have a family. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm okay with. Yeah. But at the end of this movie, he's like, we got to spend our lives together. Yeah. I'm like, you guys have known each other for like maybe... Well, Raj hasn't retired yet. Yeah. So it's literally been like What's five, the time frame here? <laughs> it's like five or six days. He's like, you got to stay alive so I can spend the rest of my life with you, blah, blah. And I'm like, man, that's really be- quick. Meet me halfway. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I think it's uh, with these movies. I think the relationship between Riggs and Murtaugh is more important, and I yeah. feel like this movie doesn't really cover it. I feel like a lot of times in this movie, Danny Glover shows up to just react to Mel Gibson's like going on. So you know what I mean? Which I, I, I agree a hundred percent. There's a lot of good scenes with their friendship, but then there's a lot of bad scenes, and I'll get to that. Yeah. Okay, don't worry. So at this point in the police station. This is actually a pretty funny scene. We got Danny Glover, Mel Gibson. Oh, the when elevator. he kills a man? <laughs> no, oh. not at all. <laughs> I thought you were saying it's funny when Jack kills somebody. No, no. <laughs> so Mel Gibson, Danny Glover in the elevator, and Rene Russo's in there as well, and they haven't met yet. And so Mel kind of like screws around with Danny Glover, and he's like, "Hey, he's still, you know, doing that money laundering thing, and blah blah." And Danny Glover's like, "What the hell, dude?" And he's like, "No, he's like, I want part in it, blah blah." blah. And it's a pretty funny scene. Yeah. But then there's already tension between Mel and Rene Russo going on. Because all three of them are going to go visit Billy to talk to him. At this point, Mel and Danny get their badges back so they're not, you know, street cops anymore. And then they find out that Billy's dead. And yeah, this they is just like casually a, walk in. And just like, I actually like the way this looks because they all like kind of look in and look at each other. And <laughs> well, like, just like, they have like a I'm not surprised look. They just open the door and they just like close it. And, like I thought it was more of like a sigh. I gotta like, go to bed. <laughs> yeah, you probably think they would be a little bit more freaked <laughs> yeah. out. Like, like Jesus Christ, someone's still, killing people. He's still in the. Yeah. <laughs> the suspects are dying. <laughs> okay, this leads me to an idea. How come there's never been like okay, they're on homicide, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. How come they don't like? There's never been a lethal weapon movie where they go after like a serial killer. Because that'd be the smart thing to do. Yeah, because that'd be a different like lethal weapon movie. But it would be would in it the fit department. This franchise, though, no, and that's why it'd be really cool because it didn't fit. You know, I feel like one, two, and three get so jumbled sometimes. Yeah, I'll give you that. Like, like we were just talking about, like with the house. Like, which one is that? Like, I'm, I thought that was two with the house on the highway. 
Oh, uh, I think that's four. Because yeah. I thought that was two. Because they're dragging on the highway, like the he's hanging on the plastic sheet. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's four. But, like, I don't know, maybe introducing something that would change it up that would be like, hey, here's a different... I think four changes it up. I mean... I think four... Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. I think four does change. Even if you don't like it, it's totally a different plot. I mean, you're totally doing... So maybe, like, the whole serial killer thing could work in it. Yeah. Well, they end up finding a camera that shows Jack's face. Yeah, Yeah. it's kind of sloppy as shit because he left fingerprints on Billy... When he's checking for a pulse. Yeah. And then, like, didn't see the 80s or the 90s camcorder that's on the <laughs> desk, you know? Why? Yeah, but it's like, it's so clearly there that it's like, that's wow, that's saying. a really great angle of him. That's an expensive camera that they got that footage on. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's able to dodge all these cameras on his way to the interrogation except room, for except one. for that one obvious one. Yeah. yeah. That's like, for why would that camera even be there? The point at like who is interrogating? Somebody. Yeah, not to get the suspect's face. Yeah, it's to get the you know <laughs> get the, the real suspect's face. <laughs> yeah, just in case. So while they're watching the video, they realize you know he's an ex-cop, et cetera, et cetera. And Leo shows up, and Leo's like, "Yeah, I know who he is. Um, he likes hockey." And they're like, oh, "Okay, cool. Thanks for everything." And you think this, I can get a gun this time? Yeah, this is a really it's really day. weird. Yeah. You're like, "Can I get a gun this time?" And they're like, "No, no, 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 no." no, no. no. And it, like, echoes in, like, in the arena. It's yeah, really, it's really weird. It's bizarre. It threw me off. So, yeah, so this next scene is them at this hockey game, and they're looking for Travis, and they know he's sitting there somewhere, so they all kind of split up. Mel Gibson's charm in this movie, in these movies, is awesome. I think there need to be more of it dealing with this asshole. Throughout yeah, the I agree with you on that. But what he ends up doing is he picks up one of the mics, and he's like, hey, Jack Travis, you know, I'm with LAPD. We know where you're at. Stay I'll be there in a second. Yeah. yeah. You can like, tell Jack's play like, on, boys. Uh, yeah. And you can tell Jack's just kind of like, well, what do I do? He's sweating. Yeah. And so Jack gets up, and he freaks out, and he starts running. Um, Leo ends up tackling him. Um, there's this whole thing on the ice. He, Jack ends up shooting Leo. Yeah. And while, he thinks he's dying, but it's just the it's just the ice. It's just the ice ring. And while this is going on, Mel Gibson's running across the ice, and he's, like, getting hit by hockey players, and he's falling down. I always love when they do this in movies, like, the realism. He's not just running across the ice and, like, cool, we got there safely. Like, yeah, he's, he's playing slippery feet. Yeah, I, I call it the Tom Cruise. Okay. Because Tom Cruise does that a lot in movies where, like... He's slipping on ice? Yeah, slipping on ice. Well, like, in, like, Jerry Maguire when he quits his job and, like, he looks like a buffoon and he, like, falls, like... I like real stuff yeah, like that. I don't yeah. want to see somebody be perfect, you know? Yeah. So Mel Gibson slides and he checks on Leo, which is kind of nice. I mean, this is like the only time in the movie they're actually kind of like, Leo, you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. He's like, cool. See you yeah, later. Yeah, I send him to get butt exams at the hospital. Oh, actually, yeah. this is like later on. Yeah, no, it's coming up right yeah. now because what happens is Jack Travis gets away and they go to the hospital and Leo's just got like this like little scrape wound, no big deal. But to get Leo off their backs, they completely, like, make up this whole thing about it's a dumb, dumb wound. Yeah. And that he needs to stay in the hospital for a couple of days, and they arrange a... Um, Proctology exam. Yeah, exactly. And, like, this is so dick to do. Like, yeah. Pretty, it's basically a way for them to write him out of the script for a couple of scenes. Yeah, keep, like, keep him busy while they're doing the real work. Yeah. <laughs> this is exactly what it is. And he just helped you out, and, like, you're like, now we can get rid of him. Yeah. Like, he took a bullet for you, and you're like, yeah... Have fun with ass play. <laughs> <laughs> that's that new cover band for Coldplay, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a Coldplay covers. Yeah, ass play. <laughs> the next scene, they go to this uh, this little like burger place called Fast Eddie's, and Danny Glover's like, "Hey, I've never made you one of my burgers before, have I?" And he's like, "No, we've only known each other for ten years. You've never <laughs> I brought." Say, I thought you were say for three minutes that we've known each other. <laughs> no, you've never brought that up before. Let's do it. So Danny Glover starts to cook and everything, and Mel kind of notices that something's going on in the background. 
It's and the sees, guys from earlier. Yeah, it's the, 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 the dealers from earlier. And so Mel kind of stands out and he takes charge. Like, hey, LAPD. And one of the kids starts shooting back. And Mel takes a nice little two-by-four to the back of the head. This, I thought this was a really good hit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was down for the count. Yeah, it was like like a really good two by four hit. I actually like the the next part when Murtaugh's like trying to approach the the people. Yeah, I do like. And he's this. like Riggs, you got my back. Yeah, and he like he's like struggling. He's yeah, like on the ground. yeah I thought awesome. that was pretty cool. Yeah, and so there's one kid left behind who's shooting at him, and Danny Glover uh, fires off a couple rounds, and this kid just kind of like falls out of the shed, and the way this kid is like panicking you could i i hate the scenes i feel so bad for danny glover oh it's yeah. bad because we end up finding out that it's daryl the friend of his son yeah and so like danny glover's like freaking out he's trying to revive oh, he's him. like punching him in the chest trying to yeah. get him back it's a really dark scene i feel yeah. so bad for him in his but then we kind of forget about danny glover for a while this is right. this is what bothers me about this movie. he retreats to a boat yeah, but Mel Gibson doesn't, like, take care of him. He's off getting laid. Yeah, with uh, yeah, Lorna. that's what yeah, bothers that's, me. that's what I'm saying. I feel like there's, like, genuine, like, serious moments to talk about in this movie. And they immediately jump into comedy mode where it's like... That's what I'm saying. There's too much comedy in this movie. Yeah, and the romance between him and Renee Russo kind of ruins the romance between I, him and I feel and like this Danny is Glover. almost trying to be, I mean... The bromance between him and Danny Glover. Yeah. yeah. Well, it obviously doesn't happen in the end, but I feel like this is trying to do like a passing of the torch where she was going to become like the new partner. Yeah, you know? I think so. Yeah. Like, they obviously don't go that route because of the end of the It movie. feels that way because you're like, oh, he's about to retire. Yeah. She's new. Yeah. It was like the Shia LaBeouf for Lethal Weapon movies. What? Yeah. Yeah. You got I have it. no idea what that means. Why not like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Like... Oh, mm. oh! Passing the hat. I wasn't talking about even Stevens. Like I thought you were talking about holes. Oh, okay. <laughs> so this is like this next couple of scenes is nothing but Renee and Mel. We have this scene where Mel Gibson takes Renee Russo into the bathroom, and they have this whole like private meeting and everything. And they're like, "Look, let's work together. Let's just do it." And they're like, "All right, cool." That's your notes. No. <laughs> you could have you used your own words to describe that scene. <laughs> what a shit outline. <laughs> so what they end up doing is they go to a place where supposedly Billy made all these phone calls to. So they show up and this like mean guard dog walks out. And we have this like whole cute scene where another Mel, comedic. I don't scene. mind this. It's, it, it's supposed yeah. to be. I, this doesn't bother me. Yeah. So Mel Gibson kind of like flirts with this dog, and then they kind of like. <laughs> They kind of have, like, chemistry, and he, like, calms them down. And then Mel finds all these, like, dealers in the back room, and he gets captured, like, really quickly. Yeah. But then Renee steps in. She kind of takes charge, and this is where we see, like, what she's capable of, I guess. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of, like, showing that she's not by the books. Like, she can be a badass, too. Yeah, pretty much. And so she beats the shit out of everybody, and then they end up getting in the truck and taking off, and they take the dog with them as well. Yeah. And as they're taking off, one of the, the boxes falls out. And it's just filled with guns. And they do like a, go, stop, go, stop, go, stop. Yeah. Yeah. And, you're, and I think at this point, too, you're supposed to be like surprised there's guns in this box. Yeah. And like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, what about the other boxes on that truck? Yeah. Like, well, no, I'm just saying, like, we know what it is. Like, yeah. I, I was kind like, of surprised it was, the big, it was like the big revelation of the movie. But she already explained it, though, didn't she? That's what I thought. I, like, the scene before this, the reason why they go to this place to find it's guns because is because they're probably hiding the guns there. Yeah, they're gun runners. Yeah. That's what he, she explains. So, but I, I'm, not, I'm not following Mel in this, you know, this revelation. Yeah. Like, maybe, he wasn't paying it, maybe he wasn't paying attention to her he, talking, and he's like... Oh, man, there's guns. She's like, yeah, no shit. We're sitting in a truck full of them. Wait, Did you hear me from the previous scene? <laughs> oh, there's prequels? I do got to rip. 
<laughs> I do have to rip on the scene though. Is why are they? They're cops. Why are they driving away from the bad guys? Because I, there's a lot of them. yeah. There's like ten of them. Yeah, but they're on them. a truck full of guns. That's true. <laughs> you couldn't have been like any more ready sitting on a truck full of guns. What do we do? Certainly, <laughs> this point, this is I, I call this the jaw scene. Because Mel goes back to Renee's place, and they're oh. kind of flirting. He sees that she likes Three Stooges on her computer, which I doubt. Yeah, she's playing the PC Three Stooges game. I'm not buying that at all. Yeah. And then um, she starts to heal him up with a cut that he has on the back of his head, and they do this whole, like... Comparing the wounds. It's it's straight out of Jaws, and I think it's supposed to yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah, and so they compare their wounds, they have chemistry, and then they make out. It's kind of a hot scene. Not gonna <laughs> lie. <laughs> And so while this is still going on, and then the dog is like, oh, get a room, you two. And Wait, I don't turn- remember that. Does that happen? Yeah. yeah. It, like, looks over, and it's like, oh, making oh, out. Bad. And yeah. then it, like, turns over to the side, so it's facing the wall. Damn, this know. movie's goofy. I don't, yeah. It's, like, way too comedic for a lethal weapon movie. Because it's, like, I mean, I want to say that after the third one, this series died. Well, because there's the fourth one, one more movie. Yeah, but the fourth, so one doesn't, the fourth one doesn't come until like 98, 99, which is like a whopping like six, almost seven yeah, years later. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a big gap. That's a it huge a gap. gap. Yeah. You know, that's like saying like, that's like Indiana Jones. Like, I guess we'll revive it, you know? So it's like, I don't know. It's almost like this movie didn't work. I'm telling you, yeah. It's just like, <clears throat> and they like almost were, it's almost like they they thought the, the comedy worked so well that they decided to like just overstuff Lethal Weapon 4 with comedy yeah and it, i i think the comedy ruins the like for raw, sure r- the raw veracity that this mo- that the first movie had you Dude, know good nice word words. yeah that was good man because there's some genuine word matt let's talk let's talk about how badass the first movie is oh it's for a second. super fucking badass like when he chokes out the guy and he's hanging from the chains yeah or like when Danny Glover, that car's coming towards him, and yeah, he, he like says, cracks his neck. He says, no way you live. And it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that or first like, one is. Mel Gibson running through the desert with like the sniper rifle. Oh, that is bad. Oh, man, I want to watch Lethal Weapon yeah, 1 now. There's some bad, <laughs> and it's dark, but it's like, it's really just like kick ass. And yeah. it's really on par with Dude, Die it's Hard just, that comes yeah, a year it's just, later. It's more like realistic, I feel like. And yeah. there's like, there's comedy. Like, you're allowed to have comedy in your movie. Yeah, there's but comedy like, in there. But it's more like the buddy, like, they're the odd couple. That's why the comedy works. But it's almost like the comedy sticks with, like, when, like, it's happier moments. Like, when he's with, like, Danny Glover and his family. Yeah. Like, that's when the comedy is. But I feel I like... I think that's when it works best. Yeah, but with this one, I feel like they're, like, the comedy is in every element This one now. is, like, they're slipping on marbles during a chase scene, you know? Yeah, like... It fits well because it's Three Stooges. So yeah, it's like, it gets to a point where it's, like, loaded weapon. Yeah, they're throwing pies at the, the bad guys instead of shooting <laughs> bullets. Well, I feel like you guys really dissected that really well. Yeah. That's and, exactly what it is. Yeah. Like, if we were in a test audience... I feel like that's what like I would say is like Dude, yeah, I would rip into funny. it. I would rip into it. So if it. you're in a test audience, like, what'd you think, Matt? And you're like, really? There's Pies and marbles? <laughs> and like, none of that was in the movie. <laughs> and like, it could have been. And then, and then I would have been like, there's two other movies. <laughs> <laughs> the third character, uh, the the third lethal weapon wasn't in this one very much. <laughs> yeah. mean Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Yeah, he wasn't in this. Wasn't Why in call it three when there's only two main characters? <laughs> <laughs> it's called Lethal Weapon Two. <laughs> So we finally catch up with Danny Glover. He's getting drunk on a boat. And I hate this because literally Mel's out there getting laid and Danny Glover is just a mess on yeah, his boat. Yeah, just sobbing. I hate this. This drives me yeah. crazy. Is, it, is this our first use of the sexy saxophone theme music? I don't know. I feel, I feel like, like it, it hasn't been 
Not it's it's not as big as it is in the other movies. Yeah, I think I don't even know if it's really in the fourth one. Oh, I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. This scene's awesome, though. This is a scene we we talked about in the beginning of the podcast about. Yeah, uh, this is pretty cool. How emotional it gets. It's a really good scene. Well, yeah, because they're they're pretty much talking about you know how Danny Glover, you know, he shot this kid, he has to live with it, et cetera, et cetera. And Mel Gibson's pretty much like, no, you're not having to live with it. I have to live with it, too. Everything you go through, I go through. He said, when you're retiring, you're retiring us! Which, that was kind of a cool... I, I like that. I kind of thought about, like, what if this podcast, if Hanto was like, I'm done. And I'm like, hey, see you, dude. We'll get someone new. Kind of like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll just huh? we'll get somebody new. Find I mean, someone else to edit these episodes. <laughs> don't retire. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they kind of get into, like, a little tussle, and they kind of fight. And then Mel Gibson's kind of like, hey, look, I slept with someone I shouldn't have. And Danny Glover instantly thinks it's his oldest daughter. Oh, I thought it was the wife for some reason. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah he thinks it's the older daughter. Okay. That's the whole joke. <laughs> have you seen the first two? Nope. <laughs> it's a callback to the beginning of the movie. <laughs> Remember, I never saw the first two movies. <laughs> I only saw the third movie. So they get kind of a fight, and they end up in the water. And then some uh, boat guard kind of comes over. He's like, hey, what's going on? They're like, oh, we're just working on a case of scotch. And then they, they have this whole laugh, and they're friends again. The cop's like, get the fuck out of the water! <laughs> There's a rocket launcher pointed towards him. Like, oh, man, this Coast Guard guy's serious. But then we cut to an even deeper scene. We got some boys to men. Playing. We got some boys to men. Yeah, we got the whole funeral. Daryl's funeral. This boys to men song is perfect for the scene, I yeah. think. Yeah, and Danny Glover shows up to the funeral of a 15-year-old kid that he gunned down. Oh, and he seems like the type of guy that would do that. Yeah, it's just, I was like, that's ballsy. That's yeah. all I'm saying is it's ballsy. Well, because he cares about the, the son. Yeah, yeah he's son. a good guy. Yeah. And yeah. then he approaches the mom to Who talk to the mom about it. But I think it. she's more just frustrated with what happened, right? Yeah. Like, with them trying to find the, the people, I guess, behind it. I guess, because the dad's like... Well, yeah, well, Daryl's like, mom smacks him, and then he says, the, the husband find, goes... You find the man who put the gun in my son's hand. And yeah. then... And he's like, this scene, I gotcha. Now, this scene right here is the one that's coming up. This is like old Lethal Weapon. Like, like this is what I scene. want. Yeah, this is what I wanted with this movie. Matt, tell us what happens. Like, he basically goes to Daryl's friend, friend's house, knocks on the door, pulls him out of the door, and puts the Uzi that Daryl was yeah. shooting at him with. He starts screaming at him about where the gun came from, and it's just—it's brutal, man. It's and, awesome. and, Renee, and it's yeah. awesome because Mel, Miguel or Miguel Gibson, <laughs> Miguel Ferrer. <laughs> Mel Gibson and Renee Russo sit in the car, and she's got a shotgun that's like on her. Basically, like if shit goes down, yeah, she's ready to go. Yeah, and that's badass. I think it's a lot of it is because it's like he says, like, do you know what genocide you're committing? Genocide and stuff, and it's like it's a totally a black issue. Yeah, and uh, Renee Russo, and Mel Gibson are staying like in the background, like they're like leaving it to kind of Danny Glover to like yeah go off on like this investigation. And I feel like this is where it kind of touches on that L.A. the riot, the L.A. riot yeah. stuff, or Dude, not, well, not L.A. riots, yeah. but it comes on that commentary of L.A. at the time, like we're. Yeah, I see, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, sure. and this is kind of like I feel like the movie should like would have been interesting for it to go this way. Like if it was more of a like Danny a gang Glover, violence, yeah, and... Danny Glover led movie as opposed to Mel Gibson. Man, Renee that's Russo, really yeah. I think that's fest. awesome. I think... I think there's definitely a better route for a third lethal weapon movie. Yeah, than this one. Well, I think Matt just pointed. I think that's like perfect. I think it should have went that route. That whole yeah. second half of that movie could have been, you know, I. I guess, like, Danny Glover's redemption, I guess. Yeah. Like, you know, something bad happened here, and now maybe we can make something good out of the situation. Like, that could have been awesome. Because he the, doesn't really get to redeem himself. Because, yeah, if movie. that was the driving force for the movie, I'd be I'd be down. 
Yeah, I mean, it is a super touchy subject, yeah. and I can imagine like the movie getting like shit on because of it. But at least the movie would have like it'd be cool to see oh, the movie have balls to touch upon balls that because it's like with an issue like that, and then taking down the people responsible for that shit. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, it'd have been a really cool movie. Oh, I agree. Really interesting that. story. But then, like, they kind of like they build up the ladder, and they keep finding. You know, they go to the Ty next Road. connection. Yeah, and they keep building up. And then it gets kind of goofy again because they go to this guy who's at like an automotive shop. He's working on his car. They call him a greasehead. Yeah. And then Stephen King comes out. Um, <laughs> you didn't know oh, Stephen King? Oh, the, it's the right hand man. Yeah, that's yeah. Stephen King. Oh, yeah. totally Stephen King. Like from Maximum Overdrive days. <laughs> and then Renee Russo kind of like kicks everybody's butt. Yeah. And like Mel just kind of like sits off to the side like, that's my girl. Yeah. And yeah, it gets like immediately goofy. It's like it does. It starts off so badass. It can just be a, like you're allowed to be a badass movie without the comedy. Like, yeah, that would be way better. I just think this movie was afraid to go where it wanted to go. I think it's just the change in the era, man. Yeah, like I think it's just filmmaking in the '90s just got kind of goofy. Well, see, the thing is, like, okay, some of the comedy in this movie works really well. In this upcoming scene, Mel Gibson is back at the office and he's just showing Danny Glover this kick he can do. Yeah. And so Danny Glover's like, okay, I'll try it. And he's like, okay, back up, back up, back up. And he kicks, and he ends up kicking the water cooler. I'm fine with that humor. That's cool. It yeah. shows the relationship. Because that's, like, that's, that's your straight jacket scene in your... In your that's exactly Goofing around in the office, you know? Yeah, yeah, I like that. I'm okay with that humor. But when you get into, like, when you get into the, the crime stuff, like, I think it needs to kind of, like, level out and be a little bit more serious. Yeah. Have a little fun, but not too much fun. Yeah, you know? it's it seems almost like... <laughs> Shanghai noonish at it times. Lo- yeah. Where it's like, yeah. It's just Wait, goofy. Oh, I guess. Well, it fits for those movies. I, I was going to say Sans Kung Fu, but there is Kung Fu in this movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we find out there's actually this construction site, which they don't explain throughout the entire movie what this construction site is until now. Is the subway underneath the police station? Oh, I'm going to ask that. Okay. Well, this construction site that Jack Travis runs. I guess it's all everything. It's all XCOM because they have. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But why are, is is it just that they just build places? Like that's it. I don't. I think it's just a front. Like yeah, okay. that's how I feel. Like, but they don't like, explain that throughout the whole movie. And the entire movie I'm watching, yeah. I'm like, why are they there? Okay, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. But I think it's like that's the whole point. I think it's like a front for it, and like you're not really like asking questions because it's like the nightclub's like the front in the first movie. Oh, and, okay, yeah, okay. You know the whole diplomatic immunity thing is like it's like the um, that's the their freighter boat. Yeah, everything. like that's their front. Is that their? Yeah, you know the no, vague like whatever trade. That they're yeah, doing. no, that's a good point. Um, so yeah, they send Lena to go off. He's out of the hospital now. They send him to go investigate the whole construction site. Um, we actually get this whole uh, fight in the subway that's below the police station. That's all right. Yeah, I don't get it. I was kind of confused. Well, they, they take all the. They take guns out of an evidence room that's hooked well, up right has, next that's to basically a, Yeah, they basically get the guns from the LAPD. All yeah, the it's like an evidence room right next to a subway station. Like, it's like in because, like subway tracks. It's like, and then you walk 10 feet to the right, and then there's like an evidence room. There's people room waiting with to guns. get the subway. Yeah. It's really Because at this point, Jack Travis has kidnapped the captain, Richard Donner. Yeah. And, no, not him. <laughs> no. And so, and then they go to like the yeah. They get all the guns from the investigation room. They take off. They murk a couple cops on the way. Yeah, and then Mel Gibson's like, "Hey, why don't we just take the stairs to the subway?" And the rook, even the because the rookie at this point, yeah, like, the, the rookie ends he, up joining them. He catches Billy wind the of like what they're going. He's like, "I want in. It's my birthday. Yeah, treat me to my first shootout. Yeah, or I'm gonna die." I blew out the candles today with the cake, and my wish was to go with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Make wish- this wish come true. <laughs> But yeah, 
even when they get down to the, like the 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 doorway, even the rookie's like, "Wait, there's a subway." Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, he makes a comment about it, and it's yeah. kind of like, "What the hell?" Yeah, it's almost like a comment to be like, "Hey, like we don't know how to like, transition this scene to the other." Yeah, scene, we don't. So. Have, we don't really don't know how to explain this, so uh, you just you be as confused as the audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they get into this whole shootout. And Billy the Kid ends up getting shot in the chest. Yeah. And he pretty much dies instantly. It's I think if they would have developed his character just a little bit more. Yeah, because he's only man, in the... There's uh, so much you could have done with this. Yeah. With Daryl dying and with this kid dying, like to show the violence in the streets, it could have just been so much deeper. And yeah. They, they just they, they just got too I feel like the uh, the death of, of Travis should have been more extreme because of like between the deaths of Daryl and this rookie cop. Yeah. I feel it would have been like no fucking way you live, you know, kind of like a... Yeah. And so it was just like, they just spray, and like, yeah. you know, he just dies, but... Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I just think, I feel like they could have done so much here that could just change the story and like the power of this movie. Yeah. It could, yeah, it could have been a fucking strong entry and lethal weapon. But yeah. It really could have. Well, so after Billy the Kid gets shot, Jack and Stephen King... It sounds so stupid. Jack and Stephen <laughs> King... It's not Stephen King. It is. They take off down the subway. Maximum overdrive. Maximum yeah. overdrive as fast as they can. <laughs> and um, yeah, um, they basically have like a whole like system where they hex- they actually have like something set up on their car where they can drive on the tracks, and then they can easily like deploy the wheels to- and then just drive on the streets. Yeah. So yeah, they take off onto the main streets. Mel Gibson's running after him, and he ends up borrowing a uh, a cop bike. Yeah, he does. Um, yeah, the guy he, says, this is bullshit. Yeah, he does. And it's like, dude, you're a cop. Like, yeah. It's not your bike. So Mel hops on this bike. We get this whole chase scene. We do get this awesome fog effect that Mel Gibson drives through while he's on the motorcycle. I do like this scene. I do think this is pretty Okay, but to talk about the motorcycle scene for yeah. a second, him stealing the motorcycle from the cop. Yeah. You're like, yeah, like, I don't know why he's pissed it's not his his motorcycle. Yeah. I'd be pissed if somebody came into work. I have to wear aprons at my job. So we took your apron. <laughs> yeah, if someone's like, it's like, I gotta make an emergency salad. Give me your apron. I'd be like, this is bullshit. <laughs> and like, they took my apron and ran off with it. I'd be pretty mad. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Just stand there apronless? Like, get my clothes dirty? <laughs> can't do anything. I don't have my apron. And then you see the guy running through uh, some fog with your apron on. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that guy's cool. <laughs> so yeah, we get this awesome fog effect. And then when Mel Gibson comes out of the fog, he realizes he's driving off an unfinished highway. Yeah, yeah. And the bike goes flying off, and he slides off too, but he grabs like a rope that he's hanging yeah, we on. we have a good, uh, oh yeah, after he falls from the rope though. Yeah, like the rope like comes out, and he falls, and he does like, oh shit. Yeah. And he slams to like three levels this of like. Is what, this is what we've been waiting for. Oh, this is what, yeah, this yeah. is the Mel we want. We've been waiting for this. And he slams onto the ground. And then we get the whole popping the shoulder back into place scene. It's not a lethal weapon without that arm popping scene. Yep. Well, see, this is what upsets me right now is because right when this happens, Mel's like fired up. And he's like, I'm pissed. I'm pissed. Oh, wow. And, he's oh. Nick Nolte now. No, Mel Gibson. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he's like fired up and he's like ready to go. So you're like, all right, man, this is the lethal weapon one. Like, this is what we want. And then it kind of gets goofy again because Leo shows up and Leo's <gasps> like, how can I help? And they shoot out Leo's tires. Yeah, which, like, as soon as they shoot out his tires, I'm like, oh, man, there's a field report they got to write out. Yeah. Like, and then, like, Danny Glover shoots out the other tires. I was like, wow, there's another field report they got to write out. All right. So before, These are bad people. <laughs> so before we move forward, this is the scene I was talking about, which is, like, pretty serious. And they could have, like, done something awesome with it. But they had to throw in some comedy. Yeah. So it's a scene where they're in the subway. Yeah. yeah. And so... After the rookie dies, he says, like, happy birthday, and, like, goes to go get Jack or whatever. Yeah. He's, like, you know, it's a serious scene for the most part. And then he runs up the stairs, opens the door 
to where there's a bunch of like civilians walking. He opens the door in front of like into somebody's face. He's like, "Oh man, I did not like. I, you don't need that. Like, just have him rush out." Was, and I was wondering if that was an accident. Like, I think it was, and they thought like, "Oh, we need more comedy in this movie." Yeah. <laughs> so they just like kept it in. But it was just like, I, like I don't need that comedy at all. It's yeah. too up and down. Like, I, I'm so. I need the Mel Gibson like running shirtless into the streets. Yeah, like a badass and like lethal weapon with one with no shoes on. Yeah, no yeah sh- down yeah, the highway in yeah. Crocs because like that scene is what? no. <laughs> yeah, Crocs. Yeah, because that scene in lethal weapon one is pretty fucking badass. Yeah, he's the fucking Uzi and he's jumping on cars and shit. Like we don't get any of that. Man, that's a cool movie, man. It's cool shit. I'm, I'm probably gonna, gonna watch it. I'm, I'm, I'm probably gonna watch yeah, it too. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we have this whole transition where they show up to the construction site. It's Mel, Danny, and Renee Russo. And what they end up doing is they take a cop car. It's the and, old empty car trick. Yeah, and what they do is well, I don't understand this at all. They take the cop car, they put like the you know, like a brick or something yeah. on the gas, and they send it down the construction site, and everybody just blows the cop car. It's away. It's a waste of bullets. <laughs> well, not the waste of bullets. Like if that was a legit cop, how would they explain that? Could you imagine being a cop at the station? Like, hey, go check out this construction site. Yeah, and then the guy doesn't show back up. More cops are gonna come. Like, yeah, they, they're not. They, yeah. they, they, <clears throat> these guys kind of suck about like laying a low profile or keeping a low profile, especially with like Jack killing Billy in the station, leaving his fingerprints, and then having his face on candid camera. You know, <laughs> like and then, like yeah, they just shoot at a cop. Like, how are they gonna explain being a home developer and having several machine guns shooting up a cop car? Yeah, <laughs> like I don't know. It, it I don't know sense. what their grand scheme is to explain all of this. No. So what Mel ends up doing is after they ship the car, he takes another car and a garden hose, sucks the gas out of the garden hose, gets some Exxon product placement. Yeah, exactly. And he drives the car around the construction site, and then Danny Glover lights it on fire. I think this is pretty cool. Yeah. I do like this scene. Um, I always like Mel Gibson's reactions to things, like. I mean, when when he puts the hose up and he like he sucks out the gas, like his reaction to when he gets the gas in his mouth, like it's like he always has like legit reactions where it's just kind of like it would yeah. be like ooh gross. It's yeah. kind of like you just swallowed gas. Yeah. You know? Well, he did say ooh Exxon. He did. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, he pretty much said the exact same thing. So yeah, Danny Glover lights him on fire. So the, at this point, the construction site is like burning it's in on flames. Fire. We get some random stuff. Everybody's kind of fighting. One oh thing, no, this is bad. I, I, going are you gonna on- say the bucket? Oh, I was going to say, going on your uh, your rigs is like reaction or whatever. Go for it. I like when he's chasing after Jack and he says, I'm going to eat your fucking heart. Yeah. What he says is badass. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I do not remember that. Yeah. Man, I miss all the good stuff. <laughs> I blinked. Because you're laughing too hard at all the goofy <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Because the movie's so funny. This movie's hysterical. <laughs> no, we get one scene where Renee Russo is about to get shot. So. Mel Gibson takes a bucket of something flammable and he throws it at the guy and it catches all these flames and like sets the guy on fire. Yeah, which is suck. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Well, you get like some brutal scenes. You get that and then Danny Glover kills a guy with a hatchet. Yeah, he throws like a, like he has perfect aim. Yeah, he's like Gary yeah. Paulson and he like throws <laughs> it. <laughs> no, he's like the Patriot with Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> My friend in this movie. <laughs> so we, we get some brutal stuff going on. And then this is when we finally get, like, the whole Mel versus the, the main villain fight. Which is, like, it's whatever. It's Yeah, it's really not much. It's no Gary Busey versus Riggs. Cause that's oh, no, cool. not at all. Yeah, not at all. Well, at this point, too, Renee Russo gets shot. We know she's not dead, but, you know, for movie's yeah. sake, it's supposed to be emotional. So they start fighting, and then Travis gets in. I wrote plow down. It's not a plow. It's a bulldozer. Bulldozer, thank yeah. you. 
It's um, a rock hammer. I knew that was coming. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Jack gets in a. Um, a, um, Remember it's that bulldozer? Bulldozer thing. <laughs> 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 we, just, <laughs> we just explained it. I was going to say plow again. <laughs> so <laughs> Jack gets in a bulldozer. I was, starts... <laughs> I was waiting for you to mess up again. Jack gets in a... <gasps> I... Not again. Not again. <laughs> Where's my cue cards? <laughs> Jesus, help me. <laughs> so yeah, so Jack's driving his bulldozer into Mel Gibson. And while Mel Gibson's kind of sitting there like, I don't know what to do... Danny Glover throws him a gun that he's loaded up with these, you know, these yeah. armor-piercing bullets. Yeah. He's like, Riggs, cop killers! And he, like, throws them at That's him. That's kind of cool. And so then Mel just, like, sprays the bulldozer, killing yeah. Jack. And this scene's pretty brutal, because he goes up to Jack, and Jack's pretty much dying. And Jack's like, go to hell. And yeah. he's like, you first. And he just, like, takes his foot off the, the brake and just lets him go into the fire. Yeah. But he's already dead at this point. Yeah. So it's kind of like... It's kind of like weeks off. I kind of wish, though, that Murtaugh would have been the one that killed him, though. That's what I wish, too. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, that was, like, the opportunity for, like, his redemption and, you know, really, like, hit at the, the network that, like... Well, I guess they both kind of, up. kind of partook in the killing because they both spray the, the bulldozer with the armor-piercing bullets. No, just, or he just does it. was it. just Mel. Was oh, just I thought Mel. I thought they both were shooting. I thought he threw him like an extra gun or something there. No, like, like yeah. he just because uh, he shoots Stephen King. Oh, okay. And he then throws him. the machine That's gun weak over. sauce, man. See, now, actually, the more we talk about it, this should not have been the first half of this movie. This should be a Murtaugh movie. It yeah. is. The first half is. It's about his retirement. It's about what he's yeah. going to do after that. The second half really is. They sidelined him, which they, is totally, stupid. It should have been Danny Glover's movie. And there's like such a perfect balance in the first movie, though, with like... With him because it is kind of like Danny Glover's movie. Yeah, it's Murtaugh's like his character. I got movie, a new partner movie. and he's a wild card. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's like all the connections, like his, his whole his old buddy from Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like what a he knew way better movie. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like it's all his connections and like it's almost kind of like he is the main character of that movie. Yeah, but they kind of like he just. I feel like in this one he just sits in the background and reacts to Mel Gibson the entire Pretty time. Pretty much, yeah. Which if you want to say reacts to Mel Gibson I did write a note down which I didn't know where to place it Danny Glover's facial expressions and reactions to things are so good and so natural they never seem forced and I haven't watched a Danny Glover movie in a while but I'm really was kind of taken back like the dude's a pretty damn good actor yeah I just didn't I haven't seen him anything in a while so I didn't really put it together cool but I just wanted to say that. <laughs> no, I, say, I, I, I like Danny Glover's face. <laughs> I watched two Danny Glover movies in one week. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, you watched. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, guys, yeah, yeah. Um, so Renee gets like picked up in the helicopter, and they have this whole like Mel's like talking, and like I'm gonna spend my life with you, blah blah. blah. And it, I didn't really pick up on this, but Matt's like, "What the hell is Danny Glover doing back there?" And Danny Glover is just still walking around with an Uzi in his hand. Yeah, like, <laughs> guys, up, up I killed in, someone. He's Uzi. like walking around with up in the air still, like there's still action going on. Oh, she's on. still firing like, oh! <laughs> Daryl! Daryl! <laughs> For Daryl! <laughs> so Renee gets taken off, and we cut to the next day, which is Danny Glover's last day on the force, retiring. He's taking a bath, he's relaxing. His family comes in with a cake, and they're going to celebrate, and he goes, you know what? Psych! Not going to do it. Defeat the whole purpose of this movie. The entire purpose. And so he's like, you know what? I'm not going to retire. Leo shows up. You know, we get some, like, goofball jokes and everything. Raj pulls his wife into the hot tub. You know, really sexy stuff. Yeah, we get our <laughs> Batman v Superman tub fucking scene. That's exactly what that is. <laughs> and while this is going on, Mel Gibson's waiting outside for him. And Danny Glover's like, why weren't you in there for my goodbye party? He's like, I knew you weren't going to retire, man. And 
So uh, they hop in the car and they go to work. And I feel um, like the beginning of the scene is for this part right here coming up. What do you mean? When the uh, end credits start rolling, yeah. they talk about how there's another bomb, but this time we wait for the bomb squad. I did not know there was an extra scene at the end of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, this extra scene is like, you know, they drive off. It's after the credits. Well, it's after the credits. Well, before the credits are driving off and Mel's like, yeah, I'm going to go pick up Rene Russo, the actress, <laughs> up at the hospital later on. Things are getting pretty serious. We've known each other for six days. He's like, that's awesome. Yeah. And then it kind of like fades the credits. And then he comes back up, and it shows him pulling up to a building that's Nick Fury is waiting for them. <laughs> exactly. To bring them into the Avengers. Because <laughs> we need more comedy for those movies. Oh, I, would, I wouldn't doubt we it. We need a slapstick duo <laughs> that also fights crime. So they pull up this building that has a bomb in it, and then it goes off. And then they just put the car in reverse and drive away. And then, like, that's it. Like, it's just so random. It's call like back a, to the first scene because it's pointless. It's almost like they had another building that was going to blow up, and they're like, I guess we'll just film this and one. And, like, too. last time, they're like, no, it's not going to be blowing up. Like, we're just selling it to another person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Hey, we're blowing up a building. Does any movies want to use it? Well, we used that last one for Lethal Weapon 3. Maybe they need two. Okay, I'll ask them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's Lethal Weapon 3. Whatever you think. Hanto, one set in summary, go. Too comedic for my taste. Watch Lethal Weapon 1. Okay, Matt, go. Wishing that this movie was more focused on Danny Glover and not Mel Gibson's character, and that it would tap into more of what was going on in L.A. at the time. You know what? I'm gonna actually what you said 100. Like this movie's really not that bad. I don't mind it. There's some great parts in it. Yeah, there's some good parts. Yeah, yeah. It's not a bad yeah. movie. Yeah. I enjoy it's it. It's not. Yeah, it's not a bad movie. But yeah. after talking about what it could have been, like I'm not trying to put us on a high, you know, high horse or anything. But we had some really good ideas of where it could have went. And Hollywood I would kind of wish. I wish it would have caught us when I was three. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I kind of wish I would have taken you know different routes. I mean, it's still not a bad movie. Um, I'll watch it again. So yeah, but, yeah, like lo- like in a long time. I watched it twice this year. So, <laughs> yeah, so you might, yeah, you <laughs> I'm good friend. for like another month at least. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's rate the lethal weapon movies real quick. If you had to put them in order of your favorites, easy. Go one, Hunter. two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Okay. Matt, what do you got? One, two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say four. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, watch two, no, no. one. I'm going to say I just two. don't like one. Can I say I'm going to say Batman for Superman first, and then... <laughs> Whatever, man. Swordfish. <laughs> hey, that was your movie. I know. Okay. <laughs> I didn't li- it doesn't mean I liked it. Okay, I would say mine's going to be completely different, but I'm not doing it just to be different. Two. Okay. One. Yeah. Four. Three. What? I think wow. four is enjoyable. You like four better than three. I think so. I have to watch four again. I used to think You like two better than one? I two's I like the dark feeling. You, you gotta you gotta I think you, you watch the to, franchise again and come back to us. Yeah, I think you it's you haven't seen two in a while. When was the last time you watched two? Um what time is it? <laughs> every day what's today <laughs> every year <laughs> every year. Now like you gotta watch two again. Two's like really dark. It's like it's super like unenjoyable movie you don't like it it's well it's not like it's a bad movie it's just like there's not even like badass parts that happen in the movie it's just really dark the part where he drops the cargo onto that fucking henchman oh yeah yeah but it's like even even the movie ends with like mel gibson like bleeding out like basically like and i don't quote me on this but i want to say that there's trivia out there that it was originally that his character was gonna die at the end of two wow okay and that's why he's bleeding out at the end damn yeah well, I'll rewatch it again, and I'll let you guys know for future updates. 
cool. Uh, yeah. Was there any trivia for this movie at all? I didn't really see anything. Um. Okay. So Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia, yeah. was an uncredited script doctor on this movie. Really? Yep. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. There you go. Cool. That's an interesting fact. That was the biggest one I found. I was like, okay, that's really interesting. But cool. Fun fact, man. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to finish up uh, Lethal Weapon 3. Join us in the second part of the podcast where we discuss Mel Gibson movies. All right, welcome back to the second part of the podcast where we're going to profile Mel Gibson. Uh, let's go ahead and start off and go around the room and talk about our favorite Mel Gibson movies. Matt, what do you got? Okay, so my top three, and this is not based on like what his best movies are. This is what the, like I, my favorite characters are from his movies. Okay, go for it. So first one would be Mad Max 2, Road Warrior. That's pretty awesome. Lethal Weapon has to be I say there. excluding Lethal Weapon. We already talked oh, about it. Oh, okay, excluding yeah. Lethal Weapon. Okay, yeah. Maverick. Is okay. one. I still need to see. I like. I feel like I saw it once, but I don't really remember anything from it. I think it, these are the these are like characters I like watching him play. Mm-hmm. Like because that'd be fun, them. you know. And then uh, my third would be Payback. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, it's, and there are three completely different characters from each other, and he really gets to kind of spread his wings on each of them. Well, the Payback, he's more like a kind of like a hero, but in the director's cut, they make him seem like a kind of a villain slash antihero. Oh, really? He's more like a villain? Yeah. Oh, they kind okay. of like take out all the redeeming qualities about that character in the director's cut. I remember really liking that movie, too. I yeah. really do want to watch it again. I think I haven't seen it in a couple years. It's basically like a loose remake of Point Blank. Yeah, that's Marvin. what I've heard. Yeah. I don't remember much from it. I remember people liking it, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, it's, it's and then, all right. Th- wasn't there an unofficial sequel? Yeah, it's not even like an unofficial sequel either. It's just kind of it would be cool if like it's the same character. Oh, okay. So but it it's, wasn't. Yeah, it's get the get the gringo, which came out fairly recently. In the okay, last few so years. it has nothing to do with it. No, it's like no. a fan fiction type thing. Almost. Not even a fan. Not even a Matt fan fiction. Is it? Is it a movie? <laughs> it's a movie. Okay, you could watch it. Okay, then now I'm sold, man. And it's actually like a pretty fun movie. too. Oh, I enjoy that movie. Yeah, yeah, it's great. That was a nice little surprise. Yeah. What do you got, Hanto? Um, I guess just like. Obviously, Road Warrior. I don't want to like reiterate. Um, Braveheart's an amazing movie. Okay. Have you ever seen Braveheart? Nope. I know. I wanted to point that out to the audience. <laughs> You've never seen Braveheart? Nope. How'd that happen? How did you not catch it like on all the Saturday USA Characters Welcome reruns? Yeah, seriously. I, okay. Because they play. I'm sure on USA right now they're playing it. I've not Turn seen, it on. Oh, Prove it. Stop. Yeah. I haven't seen Braveheart and I haven't seen Gladiator. Wow. I will wow. watch those movies tonight. No, you won't. I will not. Maybe you should stop watching the Mindy Project and watch Braveheart and <laughs> or Gladiator. Or Howls or Girl Meets World. <laughs> Guys, stop. <laughs> Saved by the Bell, the new class. Oh, not yeah. even the regular the regular class, the new class. I'll be watching, I've been watching Kimmy Schmidt. All right, I'll, I'll give that okay, a cool. Is there a new season on? Yeah, yeah it just, just premiered, premiered like last yeah. week. Wow, that was weird. Just to hear both of you guys say that like, verbatim. Same, same time. <laughs> yeah. Can, can, can I have a gun? No. Um, a few of my favorites. I mean, I only, went, I only said one, but if you, you want to, you, yeah, you really like did. rattle off a whole like shit ton. I, I said, thought. I just said Braveheart, then you I made fun of him. You said no. Man Without a Face. No, I didn't. I didn't say any of that. <laughs> no, okay, go ahead. I'm listening. Uh, Chicken Run. <laughs> I see. Edge of Darkness is a good. Another recent movie. The really? I saw it. Yeah, I like that. It's a remake of a UK, I think, like two part movie. Okay, that's directed by Martin Campbell. 
who did really? Goldeneye and is it Martin Campbell? Yeah, yeah, Martin yeah, 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 that's, yeah, that's right. And um, Goldeneye, he directed Edge of Darkness. Yes, he did actually. Oh, that's kind of he cool. directed the UK and the American version. Oh, that's kind of cool. That's because that Edge of Darkness is the movie that he did before he did Goldeneye, right? Like the TV version. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. like what he's like prominent for. I think so. That. Okay. I think that's right. I said also Ransom, which is a pretty good. It's another remake. Yeah, yeah. from an old movie. Did Ransom's... not know that was a remake until recently. I saw the. Oh, is it? Uh, oh, yeah, oh, the original. Yeah. It's from the forties or the fifties, and it 50s, popped up. Yeah, and I, I got checked it out for a second, but yeah, I didn't. His performance in that movie is pretty awesome and intense. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that, I mean the first thing I think about when I think of that movie is give me back my son. Give me back my son. It's awesome, and that line is phenomenal yeah. in that movie. That's a great movie, man. I yeah. love that. Who's his wife in that movie? Renee Russo. Renee Russo. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I had to think about it for a second. They, I was like, they worked so well in Lethal Weapon Three. That comedic performance they had, yeah, bring it to the Ransom movie. I think How they that? work well together. Yeah. I think they're good. I mean, they're finding Ransom. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Um, I put Ransom up there. See, I'm just repeating too. Lethal Weapon. That's what I'm trying to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's not a bad one. I, I, I'll say Forever Young's a pretty decent movie. Yeah. Is that Elijah Wood? Yeah. Is that where he's frozen or something? Yeah. Okay. That's did, a decent one. Did J.J. Abrams write that? I think J.J. Abrams. I know he wrote, wrote uh, Gone Fishing. With, did it really? Uh, Joe Pesci and Danny Glover. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think yeah, because I think J.J. Abrams. There's this whole thing back in college. He wrote Forever Young and Regarding Henry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Was that Forever Young? Was yeah, right? Forever Young's written by him. Oh, okay. Okay. Nice. But yeah, I mean, I'm in the same way with you guys. Uh, Bravehearts up there. <laughs> you haven't even seen Braveheart. Well, I mean, people tell me, so I'm like, it's gotta be good. So. <laughs> You're a liar. Whatever. What other Mel Gibson movies would you like to recommend for the podcast that you picked this week? Yeah, <laughs> Expendables three. Really? Uh, the Expendables thing? I yeah, watched a, some of it. I couldn't get into it. I heard that movie shit. I heard it's awful. It has its parts. It's it's, a, it's such a weird movie because the first two are so good. I think they're so much fun. That's I feel like debatable. Man, you know what movie? <laughs> That's my opinion. <laughs> you know what movie I tried to watch this week though? The Year of Living Dangerously. What is? I don't. It's a movie from the eighties. It's got Sigourney Weaver in it and the principal from Kindergarten Cop. Ah, yeah. Or Linda Hunt from uh, yep. Looks Could Linda Kill. Hunt. Yep. yep. Anyways, um, so the whole <laughs> I plot talk is... About, I want to talk about Looks Could Kill, so move on. <laughs> <laughs> the, the plot of the movie is he goes to the Philippines? No, Indonesia. Yeah, she won Best Supporting Actress Yeah, for playing a dude. Yeah, oh, yeah. Really? she plays a dude. Yeah. I didn't know that. Linda wow. Hunt. Yeah, Linda yeah. Hunt. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Good for her. Yep. Yeah, uh, but it's like it's a reporter goes to Indonesia to cover a story. Man, I watched a half an hour of this movie. Is it pretty intense? It was so slow. Okay, really? it was like boring. Like I, like I don't, I, I hate to say that word with boring with because such a serious subject matter and well, it's just I can get into like really anything. Like I watch silent films all the time. I watch like fifty movies, fifties movies that I like. I take a chance. I on. watch fifty movies back to back and still 50 be you know? solid. Movies. <laughs> like I don't really watch anything. I found that like the older I get. I'll give a movie about a half an hour at this point. If it doesn't, pick like, up, if it doesn't go anywhere in a half yeah. an hour and nothing's grabbing me, I'll just turn it off. Like yeah. I'm just like, I'm moving on. Like I can't sit there and waste. Like, Because I used to be this way where even if it was boring, you I was like, finish it. yeah, finish you had it. to yeah. finish it. I've gotten that way too with some movies where it's like, if it's not picking up here in a little bit, then I'm not going to waste my time. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, I do that with books too. Yeah. Like, if it doesn't catch me in like, like at but, least 100 yeah. pages, I like put it down. I'm you like, know, I'm not. even though it's like an Oscar and critically acclaimed movie, you know what? You, you don't have to like it, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. You, you know? don't have to like it. There's yeah. nothing against you. It might just yeah. not be your cup of tea. Yeah. I just, I find it really odd sometimes when I do find movies boring and it's like, it's yeah. just rare. Well, that's like shit. 
a lot of like Oscar nominees these days, I feel like most are just boring as shit. Yeah, it's like they don't catch, they don't even like try to catch anybody's attention. And it just doesn't even look appealing, and they get nominated for all this stuff. Yeah, it's like, I don't even see how it got nominated at all. And I'm not talking about like it doesn't have to have explosions, guns, and Ray Liotta in it. But <laughs> <laughs> and who's the other Robert De Niro? Yeah, it's Robert De Niro. But I'm saying like it's got to have like something that grabs you. Like it's got to either be a compelling story, or the characters are likable, or yeah. it's funny, or something. But it's like I feel like. They're not even, like, I feel like a lot of nowadays with movies, they're not even, like, trying. Like, they're like, no, you either like it or get the hell out of like, here. Like, look at my art house movie that, you know, will be nominated for all the Oscars. Yeah, and it's know. just like, who, I don't know anybody who wants to watch this. Yeah. Yeah, know. like, give me Braveheart 2, you know? Yeah, give me Braveheart 2, The Ghost of William you're Wallace. That, you're that guy who never watched the first movie, just assuming <laughs> that there's two Bravehearts. Wait, yeah. there's a first one? <laughs> you really don't know what happens at the end of Braveheart, do you? <laughs> Oh, one, okay, one I did want to say Patriot. He's changing the subject. <laughs> no, Patriot. Yeah. That's, uh, a, that's an all right movie. I think it's a really good I movie. I have a problem with Patriot. That is. What, what do you have wrong with Patriot? Probably uh, an hour too long. It's a 45-minute movie. It's not that. What? It's that they, they try to make the British look evil in it, and the yeah. British weren't evil. They try to make the British look like Nazis in it, where they're like, they're just going around killing colonials. Yeah. And it's like, no, they're, they were... They're bloodthirsty, like, scalping these people. Yeah, I was like, do you guys realize, like, the what the British were is, like, what if, if we try to take over the country nowadays, and it was, like, the cops trying to fight for, like... The country that already exists, you yeah. know what I mean? It's Red Dawn during the colonial days. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> Don't ruin this movie for me, man. Yeah, also, just, that's the only problem I have with that movie, because they try to make him look like I'd, evil. I just don't understand, like, like evil. It's, it's it's purely just an action movie. They try to make, like, a Braveheart part two with Mel okay. Gibson, you know, and the fact that, like, Mel Gibson has auto-aim with these muskets, and he just has the most perfect aim, and he's yeah. proficient with a tomahawk. Well, it's I'll, just, t- I'll tell you what, you watch yeah. Patriot, I'll watch Braveheart. I'll watch Milk Money. I'll no, watch, I, no, you I, watch I, Milk Money? <laughs> <laughs> you give me Braveheart, I'll give you Milk Money. <laughs> Same movie, man. <laughs> hey, but I will watch Patriot, though. Like, it's got some pretty bad... I don't know, yeah. I don't know if I can watch for this, this podcast. It's just, I feel embarrassed to even say I like it, like, you know, with our friends over the pond. And being like, <laughs> I can't imagine watching it with like somebody that's British. I'm like, man, Luca's kicking your ass. Well, I haven't seen it in a while, but now I'm going to view it differently, obviously. Yeah, I just... I, last time I watched I watched it that way. It was weird. There is... There's one more movie I'm going to mention, but I'm going to wait. Me too. Because I'm going to go through Mel Gibson's top five movies. The highest grossing movies. The highest grossing, okay. So number five, we have Ransom. 136 million. We have Lethal Weapon 3 at Damn. 4 with 144 million. I redact my statement about nobody went and saw this movie. A lot of people saw the podcast. <laughs> it's the uh, biggest, like, one in the, the whole well, series. Well, Lethal Weapon 2 is at number 3. Okay. With 147. So only beat it by a couple mil. Uh, number 2 is What Women Want, 182 million. And then number 1 is Patriot with 227 million with signs. Oh wow! Oh really? Signs is a great movie. I yeah. don't like that. movie. Really? I love that movie. We talked about this on yeah, the. Yeah, we already talked about M. Night, this. How M Night Shyamalan got his groove back? Episode. I like Signs. I think Signs is a pretty solid movie. I think, I think it's, it's not great that great. Movie. I think Signs is the exact kind of movie that I. Signs and Sixth Sense are the exact kind of movies that I wish I could go to the theaters and see all the time. Okay. Like yeah. the same kind of thrills. Yeah. The same kind of the like unknown of what you're about to see. The humor in it's great. Yeah, it's a. Yeah. They're just really entertaining movies. What did, we, what did we miss? What's another favorite? Um, I put down a movie from I think it's like the early seven or late seventies slash early eighties, maybe directed by Peter Weir called Gallipoli. Never heard of it. Uh, it's a war movie starring Mel Gibson. I can't remember who the other uh, main actor's name is, 
but it's basically like two rural like Australian guys. They like enlist during a uh, World War One, and it's kind of all about like the loss of innocence of oh, really? when they go over to war and how pointless it is, pretty much. It was that movie and the Bounty were the two that I was like kind of hunting. Is that down. also part of Peter Weir? No, actually, uh, the year living dangerously is Peter, yeah. Peter Weir. Okay, yeah. Uh, but the bounty is another one of Mel Gibson's. I wanted I to watch before yeah. the podcast in the Gallipoli. Um, Peter Weir's Truman Show. He was. He was. He direct, he, no, he directed. He directed Truman Show. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm getting tired. <laughs> one thing I do want to go over. Mel's got a few things in the works. He got some new stuff coming out. We all watched the trailer for Bloodfather. What do we yeah. think of that? I think it looks actually kind of badass. I think it looks great. It looks kind of more like a badass version of Taken, almost. I feel like it's yeah. his, uh, grittier. A grittier. I feel like this might be his, like, John Wick. I kind of thought the same. Yeah, kind of super too. badass. Yeah, but I bet you he dies at the end of it. Don't ruin the movie for me. I know. Have you seen it? It's just one of those movies. I feel like there's, like, there's, like, a, uh, a certain Like, role. asshole dad trying to find redemption with his daughter. Yeah, and he ends up dying at the end. But, like, there's a certain character that, or a certain role that actors play, like, action actors play nowadays. And it's like when they get old enough, like they have to die at the end of their movies because they like their entire movies of them basically like surviving and being yeah. Like, but they have to make one like like sacrifice at the end, and it's usually their own like their own lives. Yeah. Well, if it's a good movie, I'll be okay with it. Yeah, I hope it's good. Um, he's returning back to the director's chair for a movie called Hacksaw Ridge. Ooh, what is this? This is about a I- soldier in World War II, I believe. Yeah, it's World War II, and. I think he. Would, I, I might butcher this, but he got drafted in, and he refused to use a weapon. He hated weapons. He didn't want to do anything. Just he his ended, trusty old hacksaw. I, I don't know. Are you telling me or asking me? I don't know. I'm okay. speculating. <laughs> okay. Um, and supposedly, without a weapon, he ended up saving like so many lives. This is like based off a true story. Yeah, it's a true story. Really? And he won like medals for it and everything. Awesome. So wow. um, the cast is awesome. It's like Vince Vaughn's in it, Hugo Weaving, Sam Worthington, Andrew Garfield. It's a pretty good cast. Um, Sounds like an alright cast. I'm talking about the Vince Vaughn thing. I yeah. I'm talking like about people. the Sam Worthington. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind Sam Worthington. Well, ever since uh, True Detective season two, I'm like excited to see what Vince Vaughn's going to do with this. I career. like him oh, when yeah. he does serious shit. Yeah. Um, and then Mel Gibson has a new show coming. Have you heard about this? With Kurt Russell. Yeah, and he's directing it. I'm what? excited. Wait, what is this? I'm yeah. excited about it's it. It's a TV show. Um, <laughs> the, it's like you know, the last time they were together was To Kill a Sunrise. Okay. I don't yeah. think I ever saw I guess it. it was. That's actually an okay movie. That's not a bad movie. Is that an action movie or? Uh, yeah, it's in a way. Yeah, I only like watch a... movies with Mel Gibson, Kurt Russell, and Guns. Oh, it's got Michelle Pfeiffer and uh, Raul Julia in it. Oh, nice. Yeah, and it's my favorite Raul Julia performance. Even over Gomez? Yeah, he's real. It's weird because it's like the way he plays the character in the movie, he's like Mel Gibson's friend. Okay. I mean, it's like cool because he's like he has to play his friend, but he has to play evil. And it's the best, like... Oh, I feel like... Yeah, I know what this yeah, movie is. It's the best, like, characterization of a bad guy I've ever, like, seen in, like, one of those, like, 80s... In, like, an 80s genre movie like okay. that. Okay. I'll check so, that yeah, out. Definitely check it out for at least for, like, the the characters that are in it. Cool. Um, I'll give but, it a yeah, try. so what is the show, though? Um, He's going to write... He's going to co-write, I think, and he's going to direct it, starring Kurt Russell and Kate Hudson. And it's about the gold rush back in the 1800s. You know what? And I'm totally down. It's called the Barbary Coast, I believe. Okay. Um, but yeah, this is the first of her. I guess they just announced this like literally like a day or two before like April 19th or something like that. So they literally yeah. just announced this. And like, is it like a where, where? What's it on? Like, yeah, they don't have a network yet. I did. Okay, see is that, it like? So. But is it like a 
a, like a one-time thing, or is it? Uh, that's all I've heard about it so far. So, because I'm assuming it's a one-time thing if it's Kurt Russell, like a mini series type deal. Yeah, I feel like they might do like a Hatfield and McCoys. You ever see that movie? On yeah, TNT? yeah. I feel like they might be doing that, like a kind of mini series type deal. That'd be cool, man, Kurt Russell. I'm down, man. Like, I just, I just want Kurt Russell to be in everything. Yeah, me too. I'd be fine with it. So, so yeah, that'll wrap up our uh, profile on Mel Gibson. Uh, did anybody watch anything? Noteworthy uh, this week. The, um, the second Danny Glover movie I watched is Predator Two. Ooh, oh, because yeah, yeah. I went to Chicago last weekend and saw one of my favorite podcasts cover it. Nice. And what is that podcast? One of my favorite podcasts is We Hate Movies, and they did a live podcast of it. And I was there. It was awesome. Yeah, oh, cool. Yeah, it was a fun time. Was it pretty packed? Yeah, it was actually all sold out. Really? And it was only like maybe like seventy-five, eighty seat capacity. That's okay. just, oh, it was crowd. yeah, and it was a great time. That's cool. Basically, like an hour, fifteen hour and a half uh, episode, I think. So, okay, I'm hoping they release it here soon. Okay, cool. I'll be in the audience here. screaming. Check out for my laughter. <laughs> 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 my name's Honto. There you go. Okay, cool. And Cancel. then I started. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then I started watching uh, Veep. Oh, how's Veep? It is so funny. What's really? Veep? Uh, it's a show on HBO, like a comedy show, starring Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah it's good? Place. Yeah, it is really funny. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm an extremely large novice when it comes to... Oh, is that you pushing your glasses up? Yep. Uh, politics. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I, I, I actually really... And I'll admit to not fully understanding a lot of it sometimes. Yeah. So, like, for instance, like, watching shows like uh, House of Cards... Is like a fucking confusing fest for me. This is this is not confusing whatsoever. Okay, and I, that's just, why it, it kind of deter me from watching Veep. But they're like, like I don't want to be like confused the entire they're just time. They're all assholes trying to like make it to the top, and they're all trying to screw each other over, and it's hilarious. Really? Yeah. Okay, I have to check it out. And then Matt Walsh, who's I don't know if you know who Matt Walsh is. Yeah. Yeah, he's like funny as shit in that in the TV show. So really? Yeah. Oh, that's okay. Good. Cool. Yeah, check it out. That's um, all I have. Okay. I end up watching a notable mention. It wasn't a good movie. <laughs> I watched House by the Cemetery. It's a Lucci Fulci movie. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh Did man, like it? What, it is was. It, does it have is it a bleak ending? Yeah, of course it is. Well, it's, is it like two Fulci. kids, two kids entering the void? Yeah, yeah. I watched clips of this and it was like sad as shit. Yeah, because it was like the kid is like crying as he's being like taken into the void. Is yeah, this, it's it real weird. It's weird. Like the monster. It doesn't make end. sense. Yeah, like all of a sudden, like the basically the way the movie ends is that the monster's coming after him. Yeah, and he's got he's trying to get this this um, trap door Out open, of the basement or something. Yeah, and he gets the trap door open, and all of a sudden he's like in this void, and it's like how that happened. And like, like the creepy ladies like come with me to the yeah. other side or something. But man, the violence in this movie. I heard, yeah, I watched parts is of it. Disgusting. It is Italian gore. too much? Yeah, well, like, it's like I mean, it's just pretty. It's it's brutal. Is it? You yeah. probably won't watch it. I don't know. Maybe I will. No, yeah. it's like it's not. I watched that and Braveheart back to back. It was yeah. a, okay. It was. It's the American dubbing is annoying as hell. Well, it. yeah, because it's obviously like it's like an English boy like yeah doing like a you know an, over an Italian boy <laughs> or whatever you know. I wish I could have watched it with you guys. I would have had a better time. Yeah, but like it, the violence is so gross in those Fulci movies. I can't. You talk this? about nineties violence in yeah. horror films. Oh yeah, Italian horror is just inherently disgusting. But just specifically like Fulci violence. Well, is yeah, because they have gross. to. They've incorporate like maggots and shit coming out of your eye socket. Your yeah. fake, your fake eyeballs. You know, Mel Gibson eyeballs. Yeah, there's <laughs> just this movie I wanted to check out. It's called. The, it's another Fulci movie from the eighties called The New York Ripper. 
Oh, I think I heard about this. And I kind of want to check it out, but after hearing about the deaths in the movie, I'm, like, so kind of hesitant about... I think Dario Argento is probably, like, the closest I can get to watching, like, uh, Italian horror. I feel like with Dario Argento, though, it's very, like, artistic, and it's, like... It's colorful and yeah, you know, it's vibrant. Some, it's or very like it's not to. This is a bad word for it, but like it's interesting violence because you're just like it's so art artistically done. Yeah, and it's so just strange. I did, can't. Did Argento do that movie we watched with the the theater zombies? No, that was his. Uh, no, no, that wasn't. He produced it. That was Mario Bava's son. Okay, who directed? What that. was that called? Demons. Demons. That was yeah. a fun movie. Okay, yeah, yeah but was, it's like it's violence like that. It I didn't was, think that was too bad. Yeah, Lu- that one's not too bad. Lucio Fulci is like I've next, only seen a handful it's, it's of next movies. level. Well, you mean we watched the Beyond? I do remember that. There's some scenes I do remember. That is yeah. so like seriously, just like some next level stuff. I do not. I'm all right with not watching. Yeah, yeah. It, to be honest, and like I keep checking out his stuff. I watched one. I watched a, a spaghetti western by him that was actually really good called uh, Four for the Apocalypse. Okay, and it's yeah, like I, that, I brought it up on the podcast. It's like a western drama. Yeah, it was really interesting. Nice, but like. You're not. I feel like you're not missing out when you miss one of his movies, like the violence yeah. and stuff. It's not yeah. really. You're not missing anything. Okay. I watched a few things. One thing I will say, I watched. I wasn't too impressed with. I watched that the new Will Ferrell, um, Mark Wahlberg movie. Oh yeah. I heard oh it, yeah. I heard it was not good. I think other guys is hysterical. Yeah. I think their chemistry is awesome. I could knock it into this. Also, thriller. I think what kind of I don't really know what happens in the movie but it was originally pg and then midway they changed it to pg-13 i don't think much happened that would have uh, yeah I, don't, I mean i don't know yeah. if there was something on the editing where they had to like throw in some extra stuff or whatever but i remember seeing commercials like rated pg oh, really? and seeing it like a month later and be like rated pg-13 oh like, really what the hell yeah i don't nothing really happened yeah what we talked about uh kimmy schmidt season two started okay so far so good um, I did watch a great documentary called A Good Job, um, and uh, what it is, it was Steve Buscemi's documentary about New York firefighters. Ah, nice. Um, it's like an hour long, but man, there is so much information and great stories in that one hour. Totally impressed that documentary. Cool. So, but, and Matt, uh, as uh, from the last week's episode, does not like documentaries because they exploit people. Uh, sometimes they exploit people. <laughs> sometimes they don't. Like sometimes it's like I feel like there it's it's some like half-assed filmmaker trying to get a, a like a good gig. Yeah. But sometimes I I don't think I don't think it's always the case. I think when like major like directors do it, like say like Scorsese does it, and it's like he doesn't have to exploit anybody to like. Yeah. But sometimes when, like these lower like amateur directors come in, I feel like they're they get a little exploitive sometimes just so they can get that that one great story in. Big scoop. Yeah, like that, like that hungry journalist, that hungry, uh, horrible journalist you see in movies sometimes. Yeah. They just want that big scoop, and then yeah. they just push it too far. That big scoop of ice cream. Night flyer. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> that's exactly what it is, that is man. Kind of it, yeah. <laughs> they get, like, that night flyer, like, vibe in them. So when are we going to do another uh, Miguel Ferrer movie? I don't know. I've been, been itching for that next movie. Oh, I could tell. <laughs> no, I think that's pretty much wrap up this week. I do want to make a, a little mention because um, Prince died today. Um, yeah, that was a big deal here because, you know, we watched Pomorian for one of our podcasts and uh, we love that movie. Yeah, it's we're actually Prince one of our fans. Favorites. Too. Yeah, we're all like, Prince yeah. fans. So we just want to talk about that. Next week, uh, is it Matt? Is this your pick? Yeah, this is my pick next week. Tell us what you got, brother. Okay, so next pick for next week, the genre we are covering is movies based on television shows. Okay. Cool. And the movie we will be watching is the Twilight Zone movie. Whoa! 
Because I we've talked about it a couple times, and there's a ton of behind the scenes information. Cool. That we would like to bring to the light oh. with this one. Hey, yes, I, uh, I can say this with full confidence. I own this. Yeah. Cool. This movie not and, lying. And, and really quick, like let's get a consensus. Do we all like this movie before it's, we go back in and watch it again? It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember loving it as a kid. Yeah, I enjoy this movie, and it. I, I think it's hit and miss. Yeah. When it's great, it's phenomenal. When it's okay, it's okay. It's just okay. okay. It's very roller coastery, but I'll, I haven't watched it in a while, so I'm totally psyched to watch it. But I definitely wanted to pick a movie that all of us have watched the TV show. Uh, I love the before. TV show. Yeah. We, we all love the TV show. Yeah. So it's like, it's perfect for us to talk about the movie and the show. Yeah. I'm down. Cool. All right. Yeah. Cool. All right. So join us next week as we watch Tales from the Dark Side. You <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, join us next week as we cover movies based on TV shows, and we're going to watch Twilight Zone. Uh, as always, please rate and review this show. We really appreciate it, whether it's on Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes, Zanga. It takes like, it takes like two minutes. It, it probably takes less than two minutes. Maybe. Yeah. I haven't tested it yet. Neither have I. I haven't written a review for You could be the first. <laughs> I'm the only one-star review that's on there. Are you really? Yeah, I'm going to beat you up I right one starred us. <laughs> you would. It's all about modesty. We appreciate it. <laughs> But as always, I'm Chris. I'm Matt. And I'm Honto. We'll see you next time. the second part of the podcast where we're going to profile Mel Gibson movies. Uh, let's start and go around the room and talk about our favorite Mel Gibson movies. Are we doing top three or... Just give me give me top three. What do you got, Matt? Okay. Um, Road to Warrior. Road to Warrior? No, I didn't say that. I just I said start over. Yeah. Three. Why do you do that? Two. You fucking, if you hear... I, don't I thought fuck, you said Road to Warrior. I didn't say... Get your ears clean, man. Edit this out, please. This is all the time we'll talk to like a group of people and then he'll, like, he'll act like I said something wrong. And then everybody just looks at him like he's a fucking idiot. They're like, he didn't even say that. And he's like, I just looked at him like a fucking idiot. <laughs> Did you guys hear what he just said? He said stickers. <laughs> <laughs> and not sneakers. Stickers. He wears stickers on his feet, not sneakers. Get this guy his stickers. <laughs> All right. Raw commercial. Three. Start to start the whole thing yeah. over. Fine. It's only like a sentence. All right. Three, two. Just fucking go. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, agree. I like three. I agree. Two, two. Here we go. I'm that kid from Malcolm Middle. Are you three? Freaking kidding me! (laughs) In this next scene, she's gonna close the doors. (laughs) (laughs) Two glass eyes. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I need as a warning for you guys so I can prep everybody. Three, two. One and now premiering. It's always funny when TRL world premiere. It's always funny though when I when I when I edit, I always see the waveform. It's always like the three, two. That's why I do it, so you know where to pick up. I edited Page Master some of it. I get how it works. I edited some of it. You're welcome. All right, three, two, one.